The following podcast is brought to you by cdkoffers.com. Use offer code broken silicon for 25% off Windows codes and die shrink for 3% off all other codes. And then it is also brought to you by the henma.com. Use Moore's Law for 10% off your first order of coffee. All right, let's get to the show. Welcome to Broken Silicon, a gaming hardware podcast. I am your host, Tom, and today I will let my esteemed guest introduce himself. Hey, uh, my name is Anthony Greffa, and I'm the senior news editor and many hat-wearing kind of guy at uh, Tweaktown. Um, I write news for the website, GPUs, review graphics cards and displays, and general geek, really, as I'm sure you are and everyone else that's listening. Yeah, um, it's funny. I actually just started doing this, you know, I guess what you would consider fully full time as my full time job. And as I was leaving my company, um, I had done a pretty good job of not letting them know I had been doing this on the side for a year. And so when they finally asked the last week I was leaving, I was like, well, so the podcast is broken silicon and a couple of them. It's an automotive company. They just started looking into it and they're like, yeah, I, I have I had no idea what you guys were talking about half the time. Yeah. Wow. So how, so how long have you been doing this now? Oh, um, I guess I've been doing it. Well, so <laughs> technically I made the YouTube channel mid 2018. Uh, didn't do anything for like four months with it. I was too nervous. And then I made a MX-150 overclocking video that was the most dreadful thing you could have ever watched. It's never been public. I've actually released clips of it at the end of 2019 just to give everyone an idea of how bad it was. Um, and then my first video was just basically me talking into a phone at the end of 2018. I mean, if you really ask me, the channel basically started May 2019, I guess. So like a, a little over a year ago, I think. So now that's an exciting time then, especially now with everything that's going on. You're kind of like in the lull of like graphics card releases before everything completely blows up in the next couple of months. Well, that's the thing. Uh, compared to the normal stuff I cover, it's blowing up to a... I, I mean, it's blowing up so much right now that it's it's so funny. Late 2019, I could cover basically everything, and I had more than enough time to, you know, any APU leak about any little thing from AMD, anything from Intel that's even two years out, you know, any NVIDIA graphics or AMD graphics card. And now I'm just starting to have to pick and choose. You know, I was talking to my co-host every other episode, just so you know, is, is uh, like a news recap of the prior two weeks with my brother. Um, and we were talking about how we would have covered twice as much of the stories coming out right now, a year ago. It's just, we don't have the time to anymore. Yeah. I it's, don't know if you feel the same. Oh, no, I, 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 I write about eight to 10 news stories a day, like five, six days a week. So most of them, is, I'm seeing that more and more of that percentage is being filled by all the stuff that's coming out. You know, we're leading right up into next gen consoles, you know, it's, that, that was always going to be this huge, like, you know, springboard to, to, to new graphics cards on PC anyway. And it's just the last six to 12 months have been pretty crazy. But I think, I think we're not, even, I think, I don't think we've seen anything. Yet. I think the fun is just beginning. <laughs> I think the fun is just about to start. 
Yeah, unfortunately for my sleep, I agree. I think that it's only going to ramp up more and more. I mean, to be honest, like, I don't know if you can read it behind me, but I've had these plans to do a video about like, you know, why it's taken so long to get uh, HBM on most of AMDs or not even most, but like more, shall we say, of AMDs, APUs and like the rollout of how PC games will kind of support the same types of SSDs the consoles will have. A look at R&D and like how that affects development and new stuff where like I like I think I talked. Yeah, John Petty and Mike Ruzzoni. I talked to about that. And that was two months ago. I plan yeah. to get those videos done because there's just another Intel or AMD leak coming out every other day now. And it's like, I, I assume I'll get to some of those folders full of information uh, this year. I, I'm not actually that yeah. sure anymore. Sounds like you need to clone yourself. So it sounds like I'll see you on the way out. Well, and you know that um, for everyone listening, we're recording. Well, we're actually recording on the 13th in America. In Australia, it is the 14th right now, which is usual, yes. completely threw me off or almost did this time. And uh, I think we were supposed to start like literally two hours ago. And uh, I just let you know, it's like, well, I was finishing up a mostly Ampere video when I received RDNA 2 info and then more Ampere info. And I guess I guess as long as you're good with it, we'll start hopefully in a couple hours. Yeah, no, no, I, I think that's fine. And I actually, uh, after watching your video, I actually think it's good that there was that delay because that's that's exciting stuff that you can that, that we can now talk about, and that that's what makes my heart sing is is all this competition that's about to start. So RDNA two being as good as it, it seems to be is that's worth the delay, right? Yeah, and I'm trying to remember. I think I named my video "Sell Your 2080 Ti." before RDNA 2 and Ampere Kill It and September. Originally, the video was just going to be called Before Ampere Kills It, <laughs> but I added the <laughs> RDNA 2 info I just received. And so as a, just as a general summary, I can do it pretty quickly because I just made it. Um, I mean, you know, I've looked through and I'm still pretty sure of all of that early stuff I leaked about Ampere, that it's around 40 to 60% roughly. Like I'm sure there's going to be edge cases where it's more or less better than Turing um, that the ray tracing is going to be insane, that AMD is going to be close to that too. I mean, again, I keep coming back to, they were calling it RDNA 2 for the longest time, and all of a sudden they just start calling it Navi 2X. <laughs> I mean, they would only do that if they're, at least their goal is to double the 5700 XT's performance, in my opinion. And it sounds like all of that's coming true, and I wasn't aware of this. It sounds like you can still sell a, a used 2080 Ti for over a grand. And if you yeah. can, I'm like, well, look, it, they just discontinued Turing. So it's it's coming out, guys, like in a couple months. And I think it's not a paper launch. I think it's really coming out. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's up to you. It's going to be worth half as much in two months if you don't need 500 bucks, which, hey, plenty of people don't. Then keep your card. But otherwise, just final warning. Final warning, your card's going to lose a ton of value. Yeah, and I think that's going to be very quick as well. That and that, and that, and it's not like it's a couple of hundred dollars either, right? If it was one or two hundred dollars, yes, but sure. that's that's a that's a monitor, that's that's a CPU, that's a motherboard, that's that's an that's, entire next gen console that you yeah, can get yeah, in addition <laughs> to upgrading your PC. <laughs> yeah, I think, and I think that we would have, you know, I think the releases this time around are different to every other release in the history of, of, of technology because of Especially all these recently. 
That's like, it's actually recent because of all these COVID restrictions, right? We would have had company techs, we would have been able to talk to NVIDIA reps and AMD reps and ARB board partners, and there'd be more communication, there'd be more leaks and stuff like that, where it seems to be like everything, everything is just different this time around. I'm sure everyone can feel it. Um, you know, it's just different where I think we would have heard more, you know, maybe before, but now we're not really hearing much. And like you said on, on, on your videos, like now there's this next mining boom, but no one's mining. Like I had at one point, like 60 graphics cards mining. I'm not yeah. mining with nice. one card anymore. <laughs> I'm not even one. It's like, but there's this, you know, mining boom, like 2.0 that's going to come out. It's just, yeah. Yeah, I don't know that I would trust NVIDIA's opinions on mining. I'm pretty sure they're being sued about lying about mining. So I don't know if they've learned their lesson yet. And I think yes. people should remember that. I mean, I still have um, a Vega 64 and an RX 560 taking up two of six slots on one rig right now. All of the others have been broken down. Yeah. And I mean, energy here is 0. 0.0 five, eight kilowatt hours where I live, which wow. I looked that up and I was like, wait, that's almost as cheap as China. I better scale this up quick. <laughs> have you, have you looked at the electricity price in the state that I'm in? Um, well, I know you're in Australia, so I know I don't want to look, but I mean, what uh, is it? I think it's about 45 cents a kilowatt hour. Roughly. Is that Australian dollars though? Australian. So you're looking at maybe 30 something Still. cents. Yeah. So ridiculous. Whatever it is, it's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, and well, I so did you mind in 2017 then though? I did. I'm, I mind just before it started to get big, um, and then, well, not before it got big, but before it went, you know, absolutely ballistic and graphics cards were selling out all over the all over the planet. Um, yeah, right in the middle of that time. So it was it was a good time to 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 begin. Um, but yeah, and the Australian summer didn't do me well. So as soon as it got, oh hot, yeah, uh, having all those graphics cards in in one room is it's, you just can't keep it cool. No, I, yeah. I, and, um, in Peoria, Illinois, I started mining just with a few, I mean, and I had mined, I had mined in 2013. So then it started heating up again in 2017. And I just was like, and eh, let me look into this new Ethereum. It's not Litecoin anymore. So let me check out yeah. Ethereum. I started mining with that, with my Fury Nitro. And I was like, eh, look at that. It's making, I don't remember what it was, honestly, like a couple hundred bucks a month. And I was like, well, wait a second, a couple hundred dollars a month with one card. And yeah. then I like started like looking into the profitability and I'm like, oh, it doesn't even matter how much energy I'm using here <laughs> with how cheap it is. I just did the math on how many amps before my house shuts off, yes. which I did test a couple of times and it did shut off a couple of yes. times. And, and, but yeah, there were some days where it was like 90 degrees in my house. And I know it's hotter where you are than where I am a little bit. And a little bit. And it was, uh, <laughs> it was, it was rough. Yeah. Eventually, like I remember in 2018, just being like, well, I'm selling some cards cause I'm not, I'm not living through another one of those <laughs> summers again. I don't care, yeah. man. It was so yeah. bad. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm right with you. It was, it was, uh, I couldn't do it. It was just unbearable. It was just too hot. I loved it. Cause I was nerding out over that. I felt like I was going into a terminal. I felt like I was in a, in a hacker yeah. movie. I was like constantly on a keyboard somewhere, like doing something somewhere for the, for the mind. But then the heat was just, ah. Uh, it's too much. Oh, yeah. And it's like addictive for people like us where it's like an excuse mm -hmm. to buy more of the hardware yes. we already yes. like. And so like yes. then I bought like a portable 4K monitor and I'm like walking yeah. around and plugging it into different yeah. mining rigs yes. and checking the stats yes. on them. And yes. like, and it's just, ah, oh, I felt so cool. And your friends think you're the coolest guy in the world too. They yeah. walk in and they're like, what? You built these? But I mean, by the, um, I don't know, but I would say, I would say by 
early 2019, even actually, um, it was becoming very clear that like, unless your energy is as cheap as mine and you already have the rigs, yes. you shouldn't be wasting your money. I had a friend yeah. who was mining in Texas cause he followed my lead and I'm like, wait, your energy is twice as much as me and you're in Texas. So how much are you spending on a uh, air conditioning down there this summer? And he yeah. did the math. He's like, yeah. Oh, I got to stop. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, no, I was the same. I think mine was a little bit earlier, probably like, beginning of 2018, only because of summer here, right? You guys are heading into winter at that time. Right. We're heading it's, into summer. Yeah. So it was the end of 2018 for me, probably like maybe even October, November. I was like, no, nah, you know, the heat's getting too much. Um, and then like the profitability was like just tanking. I'm like, no, nah, I'm out. And then 2019 all happened. And, yeah. Well, uh, let me ask you this though, since we're on the subject, what do you say to the people in the comments that will undoubtedly be in these comments as well? And they put, I detest anyone who's ever mind <laughs> or evil and you're causing global warming. What do you say to those people? It's uh, right. Okay. Unless you had tens of millions of people doing it, the environmental impact, like I get it. It's uh, you've got people out there like, Oh my God, you know, you're burning the earth, but like it's uh, out of the amount of people that are doing it, the people, the actual people with like 20, 30, 40 cars is nothing. If you had a factory, you know, you're in China, yeah. you've got, you know, three, 400,000 cars, then absolutely. Then I'm on your side. Um, but no, it's like having a car, right? Like how many people have like really hotted up cars with engines and you yes. put the foot down and it's the set. There's more of those people out there than the people that probably mine. Um, you know, so I, I do get it, but then, yeah, I don't know. I, well, well, let me point this out too, to those people, you live in Adelaide, I believe. Yes. What is the, do you know what the energy is that they use locally typically to power your power plants? No, I think, no. Well, we're the state that actually had um, Elon Musk come in, and then oh. we had the, the the battery. That's where I live. So he did that in uh, about an hour and a half north of me. Um, but no, I, I think we're using. I think it's, I think it's cold. We tried to move to to. Oh. We, we, we've tried to move away. Well, we're a nuclear free country as well, so we have nothing that can. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it makes it a lot harder. So then, and China, China owns the entire grid over here. For a lot of people that don't know, they have they own the entire electrical grid to the whole nation. Yeah, you so, heard one of my arguments then because I live in Illinois and it's like all nuclear and wind power here. So I'm just letting people know I'm not like and, and let that be a lesson to you too. Unless you're in China, I guess, or Venezuela where it's just all coal or oil. Um, most places that have the massive mining rigs are hydroelectric. Right. Yes. Most of them, because that is, hello, the cheapest energy. And you're only going to be mining if it's cheap energy. And so the reason I started mining so much is because I'm using renewables, guys. Like I now apparently yeah. you were killing the earth. So you're not actually yes. helping my yes. argument. I'm a, I'm a bad person and I apologize. I'm not mining anymore. So hopefully, hopefully I've evened that out. <laughs> well, you know, okay. So this kind of almost turned into an interview of me unintentionally in the beginning here, but <laughs> But uh, let's, um, I guess let's get into it. You know, I was not sure which bullet points, which things I wanted to talk about. You've been doing this for forever, you know, mm -hmm. um, so it was hard to decide where to start. But I got so many good reader mails that I figured let's just run with most of those and that'll kind of guide us. So I think I'm going to start with one here. And just a reminder to everyone listening, if you're a patron, you can submit uh, reader mails to our guests. Um, Justin Parrish writes in and goes, what was Anthony's most frustrating game to review? Now I got to actually cut in here. There were some people that got the impression you reviewed games. I do you have, I, I assume maybe you have, but I don't know. I think I've reviewed a game here and there, but not much. I'm, I, I'm, I handle the graphics cards and news. 
um, but not not many games. I play well, so a lot me, of games. <laughs> yeah, man, me too. Uh, but I guess so. Let me just change the question to this then. What's the most frustrating review you've done? <laughs> frustrating review. I I think all reviews are frustrating, obviously, because of that, especially especially large reviews. You know, like late drivers and and uh, and samples can sometimes come in late, especially for me in Australia. Um, maybe one of the most frustrating of re- of recent ones, maybe the fifty six hundred XT, because I love oh. that card so much. I love that card so much. But it was the last minute complete yeah. mess. Like I don't know, I don't know if I can swear because in Australia we like to swear a lot. But it was just a complete mess. And I oh, just you didn't. can swear on this channel. I mean, I'd recommend okay. not doing it crazily. <laughs> but I, I, you know, every now and then someone in the comments is like, "Why did you swear?" And it's like, because I just this is for adults, guys. I, <laughs> you can swear That's if you good. want. Good. Well, then the fifty six hundred launch was a clusterfuck. It right. was just. It was just a mess. But that's probably the most recent one. But most frustrating, I don't know. You know what? A lot of people will say that, but then I, I'm i not someone who like completely lives in a positive world. But like, I love my job so much that that frustration is part of it. If it was just easy and there wasn't frustration, eh, I don't know. Maybe Vega would probably be the most frustrating. If I had to name one, Vega. <laughs> Vega was just... Was it, just it was, uh, was that because of the drivers? Because again, it, I remember that was the era where the launch drivers, the overclocking just didn't work. And then people would attack you in the comments for not overclocking properly, even though AMD themselves didn't give you working drivers to overclock. Yeah, it was just... I think that was probably... Yeah, that was probably mo- the most frustration. I think NVIDIA's had a pretty good run for... probably since Fermi. Like, I think they've had a pretty good run, you know, review-wise. It hasn't been hard. Well, you know, there's this indecisiveness that I think like you saw with the 5600 XT where it's like, look, AMD, you've just got to like decide what, what's going on, man. Because like the 5600 XT, they're like, oh, we're going to make it a 2060 competitor to the point that it will literally be a 2060 using the same energy, being the same performance. Yeah. 2060 super gets announced. Never mind. We're just going to make it as strong as a 5700 XT. And it's like, why just do it from the beginning then? Like we're yeah. this, like not sure what their la- not sure of what their launch price should be. It's just, I, I think we're going to see more and more confidence from them moving forward. Yes. But but yeah, especially I think just around RDNA one, it just they seem so indecisive. Mm-hmm. Yep, I think, I, and, and I don't know if that's a <coughs> pardon me. I don't know if that's a um, uh, maybe you know obviously the marketing team from RTG going into mm-hmm. Navi and it wasn't you know structured enough, and then they'll move on like from here on out because um, obviously the CPU team's going from stride to stride. Maybe it was just part of that. There wasn't enough communication. Or maybe it was just like, what was the, what was the word? The debating that they did. Um, I just, you know, mm. we've debated them. You know, maybe it was all part of some really shitty, like, guerrilla marketing campaign where they're like, I think about it, think of it from a marketing perspective, right? They caused so much headlines and so much, like, you know, talk around it. But at the end of the day, it was still a kick ass card. You know, it was a lot of free advertising. Yeah. They got like, oh, last minute we changed the memory. Who cares? The card kicked ass in the end. Did you have to do a BIOS upgrade? Yes. The people that I've, and I wrote this in my reviews, the people I felt the most bad for uh, were the ARBs. Mm-hmm. You know, imagine being the ARBs. You've got a card shipping with 12 gigabit and it's 14 gigabit. Like, really? Like, it was that last minute for AMD? Or was it a marketing site? We're never going to know. Well, I think that one was a last minute decision. I do think... Um, I think there's a chance they legitimately quote unquote debated with the 5700 XT launch. I, I do think maybe 
that one was somewhat intentional. But um, it's hard for me to say because like, I almost feel like I'm biased if I like agree with AMD that this yeah. was planned the whole time. Just yeah. like I don't think the Super Series was planned the whole time. I yeah. think that NVIDIA caught wind of what's going on with RDNA 1 and they were surprised AMD actually had caught up. Yep. 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 No, I agree. Super was a very, that was a very, very weird launch. That was a weird launch. <laughs> that made, no, I, I remember being E3. No, well, I, I was in the States. I was in the States for, for, um, for E3. And then NVIDIA is like, do you want to come to, a, to an event tomorrow? And I'm like, uh, okay. And then went to the event and there's like two or three people from all the press and all the YouTubers that I know. And I'm like, what is this event? Like, just, it has to be something <laughs> small. Like, I'm just in the States and just invited me to, you know, something maybe cyberpunk related. At that time, we didn't know about cyberpunk and NVIDIA and all that kind of stuff. And then it was like, oh, yeah, it's a super launch. Well, I'm like, what the hell? Like, you've just got a, just a bunch of people in a small little, like, bar, I think it was. It was like maybe less than 50 people. And it was a super launch. I'm like, but I think no press is here. It's just, it was just odd. It was a very odd launch. That was very last minute as well. Yeah, I think AMD's got them scrambling a bit right now. I actually pointed that out in my last video that I, I my first possibly credible RDNA 2 leak in a year might literally be coming from someone in NVIDIA. Yes. <laughs> like, which is just, uh, okay. I don't know why all of a sudden AMD can control leaks so well and NVIDIA can't, but I just find that bizarre, which, it's like, I just have to admit, it's like, well, this is one of my sources who's been right so far on everything. So, okay, I guess NVIDIA is going to leak RDNA 2 before someone in AMD is. That's, it's, it's weird. You, you, you would not, you would not think that, but this happens, you know, this is big business. This is, these cards are going to, are going to be worth billions of dollars of sales, you know, across many, many years. These leaks are going to happen. But again, it's, it, would this have happened this way if there were no COVID restrictions and there were trade shows and everything? You know, like maybe this information would have gone out a lot, you know, a lot quicker, a lot That's more. That's true, actually. Yeah. If there's more people walking around, talking to each other. Like uh, I got some decent information when I went to Hot Chips last year. And of course, they're doing it again, but it's virtual only in a month. And I'm like, well, I attend. It's like, I mean, I'll probably, you know, watch the live streams and maybe I'll pay for that. But to be honest, it's just so much less exciting than when I actually got to go there and uh, meet Raja Kadori and Jim yes. Keller and talk yes. to people over drinks, people who were starting to tell me things that over, you know, they may have not have over drinks. And yep. now there's none of that, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's how I, that's how I've gotten a lot of my links over the years, and now the you know that's done. You know, no more of those leaks. You know, because no, no one's going to talk about this kind of stuff over Messenger, you know, or an email. You know, they can all be traced back. But a couple of drinks, you're talking to one person, talk to another person. You know, it, it happens eventually. You'll 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 network enough to get to that position. But now, that's what. Yeah. What 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 are the future of GPU leaks? Is this the future of GPU leaks? Where like. Like you said, NVIDIA is leaking out details <laughs> of RDA2. Is that the future of leaks where it's just, is the competitor talking about the, 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 the competitor? It's, yeah, it's odd. It's not, I don't like it. Well, and I mean, 
I guess, well, two things, but I want to kind of change to another subject, but like, I honestly just think it has to mean one thing. Either AMD has nothing and that's why there's no leaks or it's so good that everyone working on it knows it and they're not talking because they know they have a chance here to finally come back to where they were with the 7970 launch. Yes. And also to add on to that, that's, I, I believe that they have something that's 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 actually kick-ass, and I heard that. I, I think I that's that much more likely. Yeah, that's that's definitely. I I think that we both agree on that. But then also remember that the marketing team that was with AMD is now completely gone. You know, they don't have any of that team. The previous team, there were lots of leaks for every generation before that. That team went to Intel, and now that marketing team <laughs> no longer works at Intel. Right? They don't work yeah. at Intel now. So a lot of that leaky train, you know, kind of uh, thing that AMD had going for it is gone. And maybe that was a thing for Lisa Sue as well. Like maybe she came in and said, you know, I want none, no leaks with, with RDA until, until it's time, you know, let, you know, Zen sing its mm-hmm. praises because everything Zen is positive, pretty much positive. Um, where now maybe we're seeing the final, the, the finally the, the first little like seedlings coming out for RDNA 2 marketing. Well, and, and again, and it's not just NVIDIA, most of the info I'm getting about RDNA 2 and, and later versions of RDNA actually is coming from people who work at Sony and Microsoft because yes. they have to know <laughs> what's in it. I mean, yes. they help design some of the future RDNA architectures. And even then, it's like, um, I actually, I think I, yeah, I put this in one of my videos. I was invited to like an online press briefing and I actually got one of my questions asked recently on there to a marketing person and it was hilarious because i i kind of tried to stealthily ask if anything from rdna3 is in the consoles and um i i forgot exactly how i asked it it was something about a geometry engine and just like i there's you know a lot of information out there of this and this and this what makes amd's partners decide what level of rdna they call a generation they're utilizing and right and right before the um host asked the question to the engineering person at amd you you could hear him like oh no 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 like try to cut her off from asking the question <laughs> uh, and, he, and he was good. just basically like, uh, no comment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those I've heard really the agreements between Sony and Microsoft and AMD for those semi-custom designs are like, I think that they're probably more important than AMD's own internal stuff. You know, Sony and Microsoft have that stuff locked down. Oh yeah. Yeah. And w- one thing I actually heard, I mean, to get into a little bit of palace intrigue is that like, what like the, the how closely they've been working with them lately like there were some people at sony like and again you know they're probably biased because they like their own stuff but uh you know they were just talking about how sometimes they feel like they can organize an architecture better than radeon can yes yeah yep and i and, and, and i think that that's that's the problem you know right like uh, and i think that maybe that's why we're seeing out of nowhere that AMD is having some, uh, some success with their GPU, right? Because they sold off a lot of the, you know, all the Adreno, like, you know, IP and stuff like that years ago. And they've mm-hmm. just been bleeding out with Radeon since. They've just been bleeding out. And NVIDIA is just, NVIDIA has been holding back this entire time. And, you know, now maybe with the Sony collaboration, like you're saying, you know, Sony can sometimes come in and go, well, we can design a GPU better than mm-hmm. the Radeon team. So maybe they've had that, you know, it's like a, like a Justice League, you know, you've got to have multiple heroes, you can't just have one, you know, maybe they've, you know, they're slowly building this team up. Oh, we've got like 
you know, some, some brains from Sony that suggest, you know, ABC, but if we did this, 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 and, you know, waited a few more years and we can really hit the 7am node, it's like everything's lined up for AMD perfectly. Yeah. And now they're just ready to strike, you know, but one thing could have gone out. Like what happens just for example, if, if, if a Sony Microsoft said, fuck it, let's go with NVIDIA for the next gen consoles, what would have yeah. happened to AMD? You know, it wouldn't, they can't just survive from CPU sales alone. Well, I mean, it would have been pretty, it's been essential to AMD to have all, shall we say, powerful consoles, <laughs> yes. uh, relatively speaking, uh, using their hardware and how that's at least, and you've seen it, right? You've seen this thing where at the very least, while NVIDIA may have some advantages um, with their architectures in some PC games, developers can't just completely trash the optimizations for AMD yes. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, if AMD is not going to <laughs> put in the effort to work with developers on PC as much as NVIDIA is, then I mean, at, at least they need to find some way to make sure they're not ignoring them. Well, that's it. Well, and, 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 and one would think that we are only going to be seeing more of that AMD win. I guess that's what you can talk about. It's just AMD's like power of, of positive marketing and, and, and strategy right now because you're going to see all games going forward are going to be developed for AMD CPUs and GPUs from scratch. You know, proper like Zen 2 CPUs. Like you look at the architecture that's inside of the current gen consoles. It's so old. It's so, so, so old. Like what's the Jaguar architecture? Like nearly 15 years old? Something oh, like that. Um, well, actually, it wasn't actually that old. I believe Jaguar actually came to the consoles before it came to PC, though. I actually think it did, or around the same time. And you saw this, too, with some of their IP, like the PS4 Pro had FP16. And frankly, some of the organizations similar to Vega, before Vega came out, you know, and, and and many people argue that there was an RX, well, I guess there is an RX 590, but that there, there was an RX 490 that was a 384-bit version of Polaris that they basically shelved in favor of selling Vega yields to gamers. And yeah. <laughs> that Microsoft was like, well, we'll use it if you want <laughs> for yeah. the Xbox One X. Yep, yep, that, and it makes sense. It makes sense. But the, the next the next leap, like going forward, when you've got sixteen thread, or pretty much sixteen threads of CPU performance inside of a console, all those crazy amounts of bandwidth, and then a, an actual kick-ass GPU, you know how much optimization is AMD going to have in all and all of their stuff going forward? You know, PC gamers will win by default, but will have will having an AMD CPU and GPU be a benefit to an Nvidia GPU and Intel CPU in three years' time? You know, the way I would answer my opinion is, I think it's going to help with multi-threading no matter what and that yes. there's no way around it intel just needs to get back on track so and i think they might late next year i mean i do but you know I, the way they organize their architecture i think it's gonna you know keep up with ipc that amd has um it, not right away i mean i think amd is about to blow them away frankly with zen 3 but i think late next year they'll catch back up a little bit it's just the problem with intel is how much it costs them to make equivalent stuff uh, but either way, you know, if you have more threads, I think AMD having 16 threads in a console is going to help you. I think the bigger question I have is how much of Intel's gaming performance right now, their advantage over AMD, I would say not really an advantage anymore, but their competitiveness is based on the fact that 
all PC games have been built around Sandy Bridge for the past six, seven years. That, that's what I'm curious about when we have like Assassin's Creed Valhalla come out and especially games early next year. Are we going to see Skylake not aging so well? Like, because yes. I, I don't think it's going to, frankly. Yeah, and that, that, that's or at least not scaling well when you crank everything to ultra as well. Like that's the other problem is that game developers want to make games to the lowest common denominator. They want to make it so it's available to everyone. Unlike you know Crisis back in the day where you needed to spend five thousand, ten thousand dollars on a new rig to crank it up to ultra. There's nothing yeah. that you, you know, there's nothing that pushes game that pushes PC anymore. And next gen consoles might do that. Ray tracing in games might do that. Sure, but like. There's nothing that's going to, you know, that's going to maybe push an entire generation of CPUs out. It, uh, but then I, I want that. I, I'm sure you want that. I would love that. Mm. I would love to play a game where it's like minimum requirements, 16 threads, minimum requirements, 64 gig of RAM, minimum requirements, yeah. you know, dual cut graphics cards, you know, I would love that. But it's just, there's nothing anymore. Well, well and it also kind of depends on what you classify as minimum requirements. Like I remember, and I think I wrote this down somewhere in the notes, like uh, the days of cranking up settings in crisis. And I think my average on my PC was actually 25 frames per second. But I thought running it above 720p with like high to ultra settings just looks so good. I was willing to put up with the low frame rate. This hasn't really been true for almost any game anymore. And you know, some of that's maybe because they're more optimized, but some of that's maybe you know, the visual difference you get going from low to ultra is just so much smaller than it used to be. So when I when you you know when you say minimum requirements, I think people need to accept that there might just be some games that run 4K or you know whatever 1800p on the consoles at around 60 frames, and the minimum requirements for PC it might actually drop to 40 frames more often than the consoles if you don't have eight eight cores yeah and i think and i think that that's i think that that's 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 an issue right like why don't we see better graphics when we crank up the resolution you know it's, it's like it's like the you, you can you can have the game rendering at 4k the game is the you know the, the game is rendering at 4k but that doesn't mean that the the textures are high resolution that doesn't mean that the textures are 4k and they're not going to you know jump up in quality so you, you look at consoles that are coming now now that now in 2020 now, yeah. <laughs> now in 2020 they're like oh my god 4k 60 fps it's a thing but we're not hearing anything about detail level of the graphics so sure they can render a 4k it's probably rendering a 1440p and upscaling to 4k most of the time i'm sure it's not going to be rendering in native 4k are they going to come out and say we are rendering in native 4k or is it just going to be like in 4K, you know, we don't actually know anymore. And also, ultra graphics are very different to like medium and high graphics. So, are yeah. we going to be seeing, you know, is, is, uh, is that what we're going to see? We're going to see Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5 medium to high graphics at 60 FPS, while you'll need a new RDNA 2 um, or. Well, you know, well and is uh, ultra going to be something that melts a 3080 Ti, too? Yes. That's the other yes. question. If so that's, on the that's what I want. That's, that's what I want. That's, that's the, kind of the, the, the kind of leap that I'm hoping that we get out of consoles. So we get that to medium high, but then PC will just be on ultra and just be like way above. Yeah, I mean, but like I've heard Assassin's Creed Valhalla's 4K, real 4K. Unfortunately, it sounds like they're targeting 30 frames, at least on the Series X, which so you assume same for PS5. And it's like, well, OK, I wish you just turned down some settings. So it's 60. Having said that, well, I mean, based on past Assassin's Creed is maybe you'll just look 30 <laughs> FPS on a PC anyway. So what do That's I know? It. That's it. But um, I know Horizon Forbidden West, at least I, I thought I read correctly, I haven't checked just now, uh, is targeting real 4K. Um, but 
And I, and I know that I, I, I do think so. You know, I don't think the assets thing is going to be an issue. I think they're going to, I think they're going to saturate 4k. At yeah. least that's everything I've been told. And that's something I'm excited for. Although I will say, I think the idea of like full 4k, I think we're still going to see a lot of games kind of target dynamic resolution that kind of goes in between 1600 P and 4k. Um, and that you're going to see a lot of fanboys argue over it, of course, but at the end of the day, people are kind of going to stop caring. I mean, I just got a 4k monitor and uh, I mean, the difference, it it depends on the game to be honest, but some Mm -hmm. games, depending on how good the scaling is inside of it, it doesn't look much worse at like 1800 P. No, 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 and and so I don't know if you've if you've looked into a lot of what I write about on Twitter, but like I've I'm 37. I have been an enthusiast my entire life from like early 3DFX days, but even before that, right through till mm-hmm. now. And I've always wanted to run at you know 60 FPS and beyond. So 60 FPS is kind of like that's my minimum. I won't I pretty yeah. much won't touch it. The only game that I've played that wasn't 60 F was 60 FPS was um. Uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild on Nintendo Switch. I bought a Switch just for that one game. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't care. And was it? Like, and was it okay? It was. It was. It was okay. If I played it in portable mode, it was. It was good. The frame rate was a lot higher um, than putting it in docked mode. Then the resolution would go up, but then the frame rate would tank. Oh, would, you know, sometimes drops like 15, 20 FPS. And I'm like, well, I'm not. I'm not playing at that. Like that's that's disgusting. So I went to portable mode, and you you see what close to what feels like 30 FPS average. Obviously, you can't tell, but. It's good, but no, I've I've been gaming on on, on high resolution displays. Uh, I've probably spent over a hundred thousand dollars on monitors in the last 15, 16 years. <laughs> I have legitimately spent computers and my cars and my partying and everything. So yeah. it all goes into this stuff, right? So I'm sitting in front of a um, a forty three inch four K one forty four hertz display now, an Zeus, you know, a good Zeus uh, rog uh, oh, big, okay. big monitor, and um, even playing the latest games on that. I've got a Titan RTX in my machine. You know, mm-hmm. so the one up above from 2080 Ti, and I'm I still can't hit 4K 120 in virtually any game on a single card. So I'm looking it down to 1440p, and you know, letting the the game itself look be it Call of Duty Warzone or uh, I play a lot of Apex Legends and stuff like that. Um, and it upscales and looks great. You know, so even that that's for me. That's for me going. You know, I'm a big fanboy of that stuff. I will see that difference between mm-hmm. 1440p and 4K, but it's getting that good now that if you're I don't know for me, I personally find if you're running around at like 120 frames a second and you're moving around in that environment fast, you're not going to uh, stop and go, oh, look, 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 you know, the corner of that building's not in 4K. It's, it needs to be in 4K. Like, because it's, it's running so smooth for one that you, you know, it's like you don't see it as much. Where if you were playing at like a slower adventure game, I think that that's when you crank up to 4K and you'd want to hit that sure. FPS minimum. And you'd probably notice that slight resolution increase. But for, most action games, you know, anything that moves fast, I don't think you'll tell the difference between 1440p and 4K on a 4K display now. Where years ago, it felt like if you played any game in a lower resolution, like if you had a 1600 by 1200 monitor back in the day and played it 1280 by 1024, it looked like crap. You know, you were just yeah. like, no, that's it. Yeah, engines were not as good at scaling resolutions down slightly in the engine. I think a lot of games would just turn into instant blocking mode if you went below native res. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, it's, it's, and it's interesting you say that actually, because, well, so yeah, I'm going to get into, I'll bring up a reader mail because we're literally talking about this. Dragonetti writes in, and first of all, just a PSA to Dragonetti, you got to, 
Yeah, calm down a little bit. You sent me like a reader mail that was a wall of text and it was seven questions in one long sentence. So just try to, you know, just tone it down to two. But I really liked your questions, so I used a few of them. And uh, here's the first one. In your opinion, 4K gaming possible in the short term or in long term? And is it interesting for taking into account that visuals and FPS are honestly the equally important, which which I think you touched on. But I bring this up because I actually have been saying recently, I don't think 4K is hard to run. That's my opinion. Yeah. It probably depends on the games we play. But like I play Battlefield 5, that's not an easy to run game. And with the Radeon 7, I mean, it's. I think I just have it at mostly ultra settings. I think I could turn two of them down to medium. Um, and then one of the, a couple of them to high. And I think resolution scales at like 90% and I'm getting 120 Hertz. And then yeah. Metro Exodus, not an easy game to run. I'm running it at like 1800 P above hundred Hertz at all times at like, I think high settings. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think it's critically impossible to run games above hundred Hertz in 4k. It's just a couple settings you turn down. Yes. But, but I'm hoping that is now. And that the next wave of games, 4K will be more important because the consoles are actually running it in 4K now, right? You know, like now you're pretty much just getting a mid-range, a mid-range kind of game, and and running it at 4K. Where when we're going to have all these new textures and these bigger worlds, like all these new games that are coming out in next-gen consoles, I think 4K will be maybe a, a little bit harder to run. Like where now, oh, yeah. it's like even like Battlefield Five, you know, look at look at the work that EA did with Frostbite. They did phenomenal work. They put a lot of work into that engine. But like years ago, you couldn't run a Frostbite game at 4K, you know, because it wasn't you know it wasn't optimized. But now it's the the games are so optimized now. 4K oh, yeah. is it's not that hard. Everyone thinks that 4K, oh to get a 4K gaming PC, I'm going to need it to spend at least five thousand dollars. It's like no, you don't need to run everything on Ultra. And people and then you see people online all the time like that. My PC sucks. I can't run 4K at 60 FPS. And then they've got like eight times anti-aliasing enabled. Yes, like, you're running 4 4K. Why are you running anti-aliasing when you're running 4K? Disable anti-aliasing and your performance skyrockets. You know. Yeah. And I mean, I, I will say when it comes to frame rate, again, kind of just touching on what I said before, I hope, I think I'm going to be honest. It depends. There are some games I've played on console where if it's a locked 30 Hertz with good motion blur, it's actually not that bad in a shooter or an adventure game where you're jumping around a lot. I mean, I would just beg, like, please turn down some settings, whatever you need to do to get it to 60 Hertz if you can. Yes. But like yes. when I play Death Stranding, all the backgrounds are like, solid backgrounds and there's not that many mm, show characters on screen it didn't look bad at all like i honestly almost thought it was 60 hertz because of how smooth the motion blur was and how steady the frame pacing was and you know same goes with like horizon or the last of us or something like that but then there are some games on console where it's just a mess and i just i just again i i guess i'm repeating myself but i just hope they can uh get it through their head that it's worth it to turn down the resolution 20% if it means you crank up the frame rate to a steady 60. There's really well, no think, excuse anymore. I think that that's, I think that that's what we're going to see now. I think that, you know, Microsoft and Sony get to finally say that their consoles are going to be able to do, you know, the coveted 4K resolution. Mm -hmm. But 60 FPS is more important. Give me 60 FPS flat minimum 
60 FPS. So it's See, that, that's my worry though, is that they will market it as 4K and so they'll feel forced to lock it at yes. 4K so they can yes. market it. That's my but only then I'm a, And that's, yeah, I, 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 I don't like that. And, and I think that they're also, they're going to try and do this whole, like we can do 120 FPS, uh, uh, 120 FPS as well. Like, okay, 120 FPS is cool, but like not when I'm touching thumbsticks. You know, like I don't care. Not in all games. It's not necessary. That's it. Where if you're playing like, you know, a platform or something like that and you're moving fast, like a driving game, I think 120 FPS is going to be phenomenal. You know, you obviously get a new TV and all that kind of stuff. You know, that's fine. But for a first person shooter, I can't see like Call of Duty or like, you know, PUBG or any of these shooters on a PC. You could blind test me between 30, 60, 90, 120, 160, 240, and I'll get it like 99 out of 100 times. But like on a console, are you really going to tell the difference on a, between 60 and 120? Because you can't flick that fast with your thumb. But with a mouse, I can go like left to right on my desk and I can be pulling a 180 degree shot. You know, we, I can't do that on a console that fast because there's so much motion blur and all this other crap going on at the same time. Well, you're actually going to think I'm a heretic and I'm just not afraid to admit it, but I play B- Battlefield 5 on PC using a controller. No so, way! Oh, and I mop them up. Top of the leaderboard each time. And I I feel like that was a silver like bullet strain to my heart. Well, well, here's the thing though, too. There are some games where it just does not work. Like we were playing Far Cry New Dawn with a controller, and I'm like, I cannot hit anything. And it's yeah. because they have this like this acceleration like when you're flicking, it like starts moving faster. And then also like the dead zone they only let you adjust it. And there's just this massive dead zone. So I'm like a, a t- artillery piece trying to aim with a submachine gun. And it's so like, there are some games where it doesn't work, but I mean, if you look at like games, like, well, actually I'm trying to think of the ones uh, like halo actually. Yes. And um, battlefield ever since battlefield one, especially they like have more options to customize the analog sticks movements than I've ever seen in my life. Like there's like 20 different sliders. Oh, and Titanfall also lets you do that. Um, Even on console, by the way, which I thought was interesting. And if you can adjust it enough, if you're used to it, I think you'd be surprised how accurate you can be. But there's just some games where it's it's impossible to aim. And if it's at 30 hertz, well, that hurts you too. (laughs) Yeah, 30, I I can't, I can't. I, I don't know. I'm too much like my little finger up in the air, like holding my little cup of tea. I can't. I can't do 30 FPS. I can't do it. Um, Archon971 writes in and he says, do you see most gaming formats continuing to be around 16 by 9 monitors or do you accept, or do you expect that, for example, VR or other monitor ratios uh, will become more standard? I, I think that is a fantastic question because it's something that I want. So just right. to preface that, I played uh, Half-Life Alex on day one. Massive, massive, massive Half-Life fan. Um, I played Half-Life Alex on day one. It was one of probably the top five game experiences of my entire life. I was screaming and crying at the end. It was just an amazing journey. Like 15 years I've been waiting for that game. But will that be the future? No, I don't think VR in the home is the future. And I think a lot of that early marketing was just like, you know, until it gets to like $200, $300 for a headset and then it's not going to be good. You know, I just can't see that right now. But like, what I would love to see are 21 by nine TVs. And I want to see ultra wide mm. TVs. Ultra wide on PC is awesome. And I think that with, 
their consoles having ultra wide support like they there's going to be no problems for them to do that the games have the support it's an amd gpu you know we know that there's 21 by 9 support i think that maybe not straight away it won't be like 21 by 9 tvs will dominate you know 20 percent of the market in five years but like 120 hertz tvs weren't a thing you know even two three years ago now they're, now they're a thing. all 120 you know it's like holy shit 120 proper 4k 120 hertz on a tv you know that's amazing but to have like you know, I'd love to have like a, I don't know, a weird like 57 or 63 or whatever inch, you know, like ultra wide TV. That would look fantastic, especially for movies. A lot of movies, you know, yeah. that have the black bars because of the aspect ratio. I'd love to have one to one, you know, that would be awesome. Um, so I think there's something like that. Like, I think that the, I think we'll see that, you know, look at the Samsung Odyssey G9, the new one that's just come out, 5120 by, what is it, 1440, 240 hertz, like 49 inch super ultra wide. That's insane. I think that that's a bit too insane. 32 by 9. But no, 21 <laughs> yeah, by 9 them, TVs yeah. would be cool. I think 21 by, 9, 21 by 9 TVs would be really cool to see. I think Xbox said they are going to support 21 by 9 if they haven't already. I think one of them has already said that they support it or they will support it. So mm-hmm. I can see that. I think you can plug it into a FreeSync ultra-wide monitor, I think. But mm-hmm. like, I would love to see them just go like, look, yeah, you know, there's going to be 21 by 9 options in maybe only next-gen consoles if you plug in an ultra-wide yeah. PC monitor. And then in two, three, four, five years' time, we'll have 21 by 9 TVs, and that will also work over HDMI. You know, that'd be, that'd be cool. That was always an annoying thing for me, too, is when I was looking at 21 by 9s or when people were asking me for advice, I'd be like, well, the problem is if you game on both console and PC, a lot of, at least they used to, consoles would just force it to run in like a... 1080p and then you'd have to zoom in it wouldn't yes. even accept uh in between resolution which is really ridiculous i mean look i mean if you built the game to run in 4k on a console for example if something's you know like stretched 1440p like what i don't remember like 3200 by 1440 or, or whatever right like that's below 4k so just render the game in that and set the frame rate target to whatever it was for 4k so they can use their yes. 21 by 9 monitor it really shouldn't be that hard um, there's yeah. a lot of things in games, though, that I shouldn't be that hard to support that seems uh, real hard for some devs. Yeah, I, some of the developers, I, I don't know. I don't I don't get it. It's just, I think, what, what was it like Ubisoft said a few years ago? Didn't they say 4K was irrelevant? I think they um, said that. <laughs> Well, they can't run any of their games at 4K. I, I actually probably. think they said that. Yeah, it was something like that. It was just like, I think it was the, one of the Far Cry um, developers. Like, yeah, like, for, no one plays in 4K. And then, like, now... It's all here, you know. It's like I, I, there's a lot of questions I have for game developers. Like, do they even test their games on like, do, like, like the, the, the yeah. problems that we're having? How are you as a customer or a gamer having those issues? Like, it's, it just seems like something that is so easy to not have happen. Well, and I'm sure it's not easy. I'm sure it requires a lot of work. But if you're going to put effort into some of the other stuff, I mean, or like keyboard and mouse support on a console, I was just playing. Um, zombie army four. And I was just, it was like on sale on con on PlayStation. So I just got it on there to play with my friends on the couch. And I like was screwing around in the settings and it said mouse and keyboard calibration. I was like, what? <laughs> and I just mm. grabbed a mouse and a keyboard and plugged it into my PlayStation and it worked. And I'm like, well, what the, f-? so yeah. how, why can they do this? Why yes. can't everyone yes. do this? Every game should support both a controller and a mouse and keyboard. And let's Absolutely. be honest, any game they make on console, I'm sure it has mouse and keyboard support. It's just <laughs> not in the menu because they had to program the game anyways. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. They're not making the game on a on a controller. You know, they're not like, exactly. So the game on a controller. 
You know, it's the, like, the it's, INI it's, files are probably there. It's just set to off on the console. Yeah, yeah, and it's disappointing. I, I, that was something I really hoped we'd see this time around, like a full concentration on using a mouse and keyboard with the console. That would have been cool. Been really cool. I, I think we will. I mean, I think Microsoft. I still am not ruling out that Microsoft is going to make that push where they're going to say, no, 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 we're mandating mouse and keyboard, or at least we're going to try to make them put it in every game. And I'm still really hoping that they put at least some lockdown version of Windows on the Xbox Series. Well, I guess Xbox Series X and Series S, um, because I just think that'd be such a unique marketing feature to say, hey, you know, maybe you need to get apps from the Windows Store, but it's basically Windows RT. And any of those games on the Microsoft Store that are meant for PC, they run on your Xbox. You can use mouse and keyboard. You can use Word. You can use PowerPoint. Yeah. You can use all this stuff. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I just think that I'm kind of changing the subject, but I think that would be such a fantastic marketing point for like people going to college and stuff. Oh, absolutely. That Microsoft, Microsoft needs to win this. They need to win this war. They won't. I don't. They they will not want to lose this time. And just like AMD, I think that they're just going to come out with all like all guns blazing, and they're just going to go ballistic. And something like that will make sense, right? You know, Sony have a lot of cool stuff, but if Microsoft could come out with with you know a, an Xbox that actually accepts mouse and keyboard and, and actually has like you know Office apps and Skype, you know. You know, things like that, like Word, you know, you can use it in your college and you can play, like you're saying, you can play games and, you know, do work and study. You know, you're going to get a lot more parents buying them as well. And exactly. the parent market where there's some big coin there as well. So, I don't know. I, I, I think that would actually be really cool. It would take away, like, would, would Microsoft be like, we're making, like, would that actually be the, what, what everyone, like, trolls with uh, with memes on? Would that be PC <laughs> 2.0? If Microsoft released an Xbox that can actually have a mouse and keyboard and run software, is that PC 2.0? What happens to PC at that point? Well, I mean, I just, it just blows my mind. And, uh, well, I guess I have two things to say. Like, number one, it's a Microsoft device. You are yes. the Windows company. Yes. What is wrong with you? Like, yeah. do you remember the the days of the during the 360 games for Windows, where they basically just nuked PC gaming performance yeah. and like started putting games on their console that lit on fire instead of putting yeah. it on PC? I was so aggravated yeah. as a PC gamer back then, yeah. and I'm just yeah. like, my God, can you just make PC gaming work? I mean, frankly, yes. I think what scared them into shape is seeing Steam OS and going, Absolutely. oh man, if we ruin this, Steam will just make their own operating system and leave us yeah. in the dust, and so. Yeah. But then, but then look at what happened right after that, right? You look at like Xbox 360 era, that's when Crisis, you know, started to come out. And yeah. That's when everything started to change. That's when Valve had dominance. That's when they started to change internally. And that's probably when they probably started to go, you know, screw this. We're actually going to make SteamOS. And that's when they tried. That's when, you know, Steam machines would have like, you know, been born yeah. and they would have tried that. And that just didn't work. You know, Microsoft, it's, it's, it's kind of come full circle, you know, and the Windows Store is still junk. It's still an absolute yeah, it's, it's, it's not a great. complete dumpster fire. <laughs> Microsoft can't do anything right when it comes to like gaming on Windows. So I'm hoping with like, you know, and they keep doing it every time, you know, like, oh, you know, the next DirectX is this is the definitive one for PC gamers. And then, you know, PC gaming still sucks and it's still like so many issues with PC gaming when, you know, hopefully this time around, like you said, it's it's their platform. You know, they have Xbox, they have Windows, they have Skype, they have like so much stuff that they can actually utilize yes. and make this like, you know, this one platform. It's called Xbox One, right? They've, they tried yeah. to use one moniker to make it seem like that, but it was so broken and fragmented. So I'm hoping that, yeah, with Xbox, it, it changes with the Series X, Series well, S. 
Well, yeah, both. I just hope they do this because it will benefit PC gaming when they're finally just focusing on one ecosystem. And that's what I want. And people always ask, like, why do you, uh, I'm like, it's like, dude, I'm not hating on Xbox. I'm trying to, I'm telling you it's pulling resources away from what would make PC better. And that's why it needs to be one ecosystem. That's why they need to stop. Ah, I just, I, I just well, don't. Well, know well, how. Microsoft could, Microsoft could come out and 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 say, you know what? If you want the ultimate, in, if you know, if you want to be, if you want the ultimate in, like, you know, sub one thousand dollar gaming, you can buy, you know, these right. Xbox. But if you want the the freaking ultimate in gaming, then you know. By the way, that's still a Microsoft platform because it's on Windows ten or Windows eleven or whatever the hell comes next. And go here, <laughs> yeah. you go, you know, and go. We are the home to gaming. No matter if you want to do it on your PC, no matter if you want to do it on your laptop or on your Xbox. Or by the way, you know, if if you want to do cloud gaming, you know, that's on. You know, we've got cloud servers. Exactly. Know, this huge thing, but make PC the ultimate platform. But it's like Microsoft can't admit that. Because then Xbox would look bad, and it's it's like having multiple. Like I've got, I'm a I'm a father, right? So mm-hmm. it's like having multiple kids, and one of them is way more successful than the other one. But you got to make the other one feel good. It's like yeah, but Xbox can kick ass, and PC can kick ass, and they're both Microsoft platforms. Why doesn't Microsoft just use all their children and all their like skills? Yes. And and actually go like, okay, if you want a game at 4K 120, you can't do that on an Xbox. So here's PC. But if you want a game at 4K 60 with ultra graphics, you want to spend $2,000, you want to buy an ultra wide monitor and have, you know, a bunch of all like, you know, maybe creator content, a content creator software on it. Well, we'll sell you a cheaper PC. Oh, but if you can't afford that, we'll sell you a $600 Xbox Series X that can do 4K 60, but is at the equivalent of medium graphics on PC. They could really segment their stuff and go like, this is what you get for the money. But they don't do that. They don't care about it's almost like they don't care about PC. It's almost well, like they don't care. I, I mean, if you look at the original launch of Xbox, Bill Gates literally said this is a Trojan horse to sell Windows in the living room. Yes, so absolutely. I think there's always been this, you know, kind of um, schizophrenic approach where they're like, if we could just, well, this is what happens when you have a monopoly. I mean, you have yeah. to find way. I mean, they have a, they have an OS monopoly. They have to find ways to sell you Windows twice then. And that's yes. what they were trying to do. And I think they're now realizing that they could lose their one monopoly if they don't get their act together. And you're not, I'm just going to say it, you can call me a fanboy, you're not going to beat PlayStation at their own game. So you have to carve out your own market and then that's how you succeed. It's like all of those, an example I would give was all of these things of of like, oh, when is PlayStation going to have a Halo killer? They're not. Because Halo's Halo. And if you keep trying to emulate Halo, when is Battlefield going to defeat Call of Duty? Never. But when did yes. they want, finally outsell them one year? Battlefield One. They did their own thing, and, and 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 like you're saying, I don't know about winning or not, or what really winning even means. I think all of the console manufacturers are kind of figuring their own things out now. But like, if they tried the same approach that they've ever tried before, if they don't try to carve out a new niche, I think I think at first they thought maybe we're going to underestimate PlayStation. I'm just throwing it out there. Nah, they're not gonna. <laughs> they're not gonna roll over if all yeah. you're gonna do is try to make the same thing. Yes, and I and I think and I think and you're right. Like I think that they, if if Microsoft actually just stepped back out of it, it feels like Microsoft. You know, Xbox is wearing a business suit. You know, if they just took mm-hmm. off the business suit and put a hoodie on for a little while and just <laughs> chilled, and were like, this is what get, like instead of making it about well, this is what we can do well. Like, like yes. let's be honest, this is what yes. we can do well. And just and sticking to that and going, okay, like, you know, we can't beat all the Sony exclusives. We can't maybe beat them in, in console sales or whatever, you know, whatever metric they need to quote unquote yeah. 
feet to go, okay, you know what we're going to win with? We're going to win with gamers and we're going to make them happy. How can we make them happy? Okay, like if they've got a gaming PC and an Xbox, how can we get them to stay on our platform all the time instead of, you know, you know, how can we get more PC gamers to come on Xbox? You want me to come on Xbox? Make PC gaming better. Who's the one that can do that? Microsoft. Yeah. Who owns Xbox? Microsoft. There you go. If they made PC gaming, like if they worked with everyone, maybe go to Steam and Epic and that and make new agreements and go, look, we'll help you on Xbox you know, because we're working with you, like you were working with Ubisoft and Epic and, you know, Valve. Yeah. And they work with all these companies anyway to release games on console and PC. Go, you know, we, we fucked up. We couldn't do the Windows Store. We couldn't make it work. You know, we'll have all of your stuff in a gaming portal inside of Windows and we'll make it awesome. Well, it's not going to be this, you know, shoddy job. We're actually going to, you know, invest in this and make it, make that a winning strategy. Make gaming win. If gaming succeeds, everything else will follow. Like I would buy an Xbox and I would probably gain more on my Xbox if it was a lot easier to use everything mm. between my PC and my, and my console. But I'm not going to go buy an Xbox when it's a watered down version of my PC. Like I'm just going to buy the ultimate, you know, I, I don't care about that. I want the best. I want the best frames, the best everything. But then there's people that can't afford that, but they might want right. to go to that. Don't make it so hard for them to get into PC because if I'm a console gamer and I haven't touched PC for 10 years, and I go get a PC and I go to games, it's like Solitaire, Windows Store. What? Candy Crush. Yeah. What? Where's, where's you know, Call of Duty and Battlefield? Oh, wait. I'm going to go get EA Origin? What's EA Origin? Oh, I'm going to go get Uplay? What's Uplay? Because they don't have that on Xbox. No, no, you know? no. Now you need to download Battle.net and the Epic Game Store. Yes. And, and it's just yes. like, can you guys? Oh, my God. I mean, I, the, the way I would honestly put it, and it's a way I would put it with so many things, when like when you look at the success of the Switch, it's just, it's not about making a competitor's product and then saying, oh, what gimmick will make us win? Again, with the like, you know, no, Killzone's never going to outsoil Halo, but maybe Uncharted will because it's a different game. It's about making a product people want to buy. Yes. PlayStation's figured out how to make a home console people want. Nintendo's figured out how to make handhelds people want. Microsoft has to find their niche in gaming that makes people want to buy it. Forget about PlayStation. Forget yes. about Nintendo. Just make a good product, a good yeah. Microsoft product, because you keep forgetting this. Your Microsoft. Ah, yes. Hit my mic. <laughs> and, 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 and you're right. Like if Microsoft, if they just said, we want to be the home to gaming, that's it. That's simple. Simple. Just be the home to gaming and concentrate on that. We promise over the next five years, we are going to become the dominant force in gaming. How do you do that? Why don't they ask a question and, you know, come up with a solution? Mm -hmm. How do we make gaming kick ass and how do we become the absolute undisputed kings of it? You know, they have billions of users. Sony doesn't have billions of users. Microsoft does. Nintendo doesn't have billions of users. Microsoft does. Across their many services, Microsoft have billions and billions of users. So it's like, well, tap them. You know, you can go between PC and Xbox and your phone, like, you know, why why can't I do that? Microsoft could eventually do that. Sony could probably start doing that more with like... <laughs> well, the, that's, that's the funny thing too, is if they don't watch their back, there's a lot of evidence Sony's looking to yes, do that too. That's the problem. So it's, it's, the like, problem. it's like, it's the same thing with the Steam OS thing. Microsoft, don't you get it? Like Sony will do it if you yes. don't. <laughs> yes, if you <laughs> give, God, give them enough time and, and, you, and you look at Sony, right? What's, what's their, one of their only profitable divisions right now is PlayStation. Makes yeah. them a lot of money. That's all so they care about. It. You're Sony seeing them change all their focus to like to pretty much to PlayStation. So what's that going to say going forward five, 10 years? That means that Sony absolutely needs to make PlayStation work. And it means that they, they are absolutely committed. When Microsoft spread themselves so thin, they're like, okay, well, 
You know, like Apple's coming up with us against, uh, you know, maybe they're going to come up with, you know, like they're working with ARM, they're going to have all their own chips. That's going to be a huge shift for the market. Then you're looking at like Qualcomm are trying to come in and knock on Microsoft's door. You've got, you know, NVIDIA and AMD both fighting each other uh, with drivers on, on Windows. It's like, why don't you all just, why doesn't Microsoft just come as like the dad and just go like, look, this is what we need to do and I'm going to organize everything. But they don't even care. They just release, it, release Xbox and Xbox is own little island. That's like, in, like Windows can't go over there, you know, nothing. Yeah. Over there. It's like, why? Just make gaming awesome. That's, you know, I just, I, I don't, I don't get it. It's, it really sucks. <laughs> well, I think they're waking up and switching gears. safe to say i'm not a morning person most days i try to sleep in as much as possible still sometimes i just need to get up early whether for a conference call or just simply to get a video done on time when i do this great coffee definitely helps especially when it doesn't skimp on the caffeine and it actually is priced reasonably like it is at the henma.com where you can choose between delicious flavors like highlander grog and chocolate raspberry and you know what unlike most artisanal coffee i've tried it actually wakes you up and it tastes great the h-e-n-d-m-a.com use offer code moore's law that's m-o-o-r-e-s-l-a-w to get 10 percent off right now your coffee orders and do make sure you use these guys if you need coffee because coffee is their passion and right now this is a side hustle they're trying to grow into a bigger business out of norman oklahoma they could use your help if you could use a good cup of coffee for my new benchmarking station i did use a legitimate key of windows 10 professional and that's because it's just not expensive if you go to CDK Offers. They did sponsor me to say this, but I use their website and it works well. They have great customer support. And if you use offer code BROKENSILICON, you'll get 25% off Windows software. And DieShrink gets you 3% off all software on the website, including game codes. I will reiterate, it was really easy for me to actually set up an account on this website, search for Windows, buy the code using whatever payment method I wanted, and they do have several options, and then I simply got sent the authentic key and downloaded Windows 10 from Microsoft's website. Save yourself some money to get more bones for your dog and don't stress yourself out using illegitimate keys. These are real keys and they did sponsor this part of the video. So one more time, that's cdkoffers.com. Use DieShrink for 3% off all software on the website, including Steam games and broken silicon for 25% off software. All right, now let's get to the benchmark. A little bit here. Uh, Steak and Chicken Man writes in and he says, in the last 20 years or so, we've had three main time periods, the early 2000s with tons of competition, the era of Intel's dominance, and now I guess I'll call it the AMD resurgence era. How have you seen tech journalism change in each of these time periods? <laughs> That's such a good question. Mm. Tech journalism, uh, leaks, 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 leaks. Oh, if you yeah. go back, if you go back to maybe now, remember I've been writing for Tweaktown. Ten, it'll be ten years uh, next month. 
I have, I've, when I started, I, there were nearly no leaks. You know, you had a couple of leaks, like forums and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but there were no like big, you know, big tech sites. YouTube wasn't really a thing. Um, being a tech YouTuber wasn't a thing. So you didn't have like a lot of these, a lot of these leaks. Um, I think that's changed where you're getting this, like, instead of, you know, maybe two or three months before the release, you'd have, you'd have a bunch of leaks or you'd have, um, have more information or like, you know, you'd have retail packages that were like, you know, being leaked out from the manufacturer. Now it's like you're hearing specs that are like 18 months away. You know, you're hearing all like random rumors. You see, a lot of people just make BS up because they just want clicks. You know, they, it's, it's, I think a lot of that's changed where like now it's like, who do you trust? So then you got to wait for multiple generations of leaks to be able to go, well, that guy was, you know, 75% correct most of the time. And he was 80%. This guy was total BS. And, you know, I think that's changed a lot where I think that that's, that's the, 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 I think that that's the big change. I think tech journalism has changed so much where like now anyone can just write content, right? You don't. Yeah to have years and years of experience. I think that those people like will have obviously a little bit more, more respect, I guess, in the industry. Um, but I think that the tech journalism, the tech journalism itself has just changed so much, so, so much. And I think leads are probably the largest, uh, largest part of that. You know, it's interesting you say that. Cause yeah, I don't remember. And I didn't, I guess I didn't pay as much attention to it 10 years ago. Cause I didn't have a channel built around everything you just said, but it's like, yeah, I, I just don't remember. Even if you just like go like into the archives of Anantech or something, like yeah. you don't see as many leak articles now. And now it's like, now there's entire websites built around it, entire yes. channels. Yes. I, I, I mean, I would, I would hope mine isn't, I think some, in some ways it's considered built around leaks now, but that's just kind of what's gotten me a lot of subscribers. I mean, yes. I just try to think of putting out interesting opinions. Um, well, how do you, well, let's touch on that though. So like, how do you, cause, cause a lot of people wonder this, including me sometimes, how do you look at like all of these leaks coming out? Because sometimes it can become just speaking personally, a little frustrating. It's like, well, I talked to three different people. This person I've talked to has been right three times before. That's where this Ampere leaks coming from. But then like, Sometimes the video does well, sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes there's an article, for instance, on WCCF Tech, just written about one tweet that's 20 characters. Yeah. It's yeah. like, like, how do you think about, I don't know, all of that, even how you decide what to write an article about yourself? For me, I don't know, when I, so again, like I said, I started about 10 years ago, so about 2000, uh, uh, tail end of 2010. Um, and I had come from like, I did 10 years of IT retail. So I was selling custom computers and I was on forums, you know, constantly getting all the latest information. So I'd stay ahead for my customers, just myself pretty much, because I was just like a massive enthusiast anyway. Um, but I think that that's, you know, a lot of that has, a lot of that's changed in, in, in those times. And you're seeing like, for, 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 for example, right? Like, you go back to back to the Fermi launch. That was another one of the questions in the list. Yeah. You go back to back to them. There was nothing. There was nothing. And so then now, you know, you get a you go back a bit, then you go back to those days as well. There was no social media. There was no 24-7 Facebook and Twitter and hashtags and any of that. Where now, you know, if you wanted to get information, you pretty much just went to your PC. Smartphones weren't really prevalent back then. You didn't have like, you know, massive amounts of information coming to you all the time. You know, then but then fast forward to now and you've got smartphones. So you can have people that wake up in the morning and they're going to check Google News and then Google News is going to pick up SEO. So then the, you constantly have to be writing about that, you know, Amper, RDNA2, GeForce RTX, so you write the right words to get your mm -hmm. SEO up and to go to Google News. So then you've got to constantly write about that stuff 24 hours a day, right? You can't just 
go back in the day of like 10 years ago, before I started, what attracted people to websites to make money from advertising was, you know, a review. And then, you know, you were a big coveted website like Tom's Harbor and Nancy, like TweetSound's been around for 20 years as well. You know, you went to the, to the big sites and, and that's how they made their money. But then, you know, there were lots of Harbor releases back then and the advertising money was a lot higher. Now that advertising money has dropped yeah. all the way up. And so then now people need to get all this clickbaity kind of shit out. So then they're writing constant articles, but then you need the SEO. So it's not this self-feeding machine that you, it sucks. Like I, people always, like, I see the comments all the time. Why do you write about like, you know, every single like thing that comes out? It's like, well, you're clicking it, are you? So <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. That's what I need you to do. Like, if you don't like it, don't click. I'm not asking, I'm not, you know, I'm not pay, like, making you pay for it. Right. So, so now it's become this, this thing where if, if you don't write it all the time, then your SEO tanks. So then you kind of need to stay on it all the time. That means you need to be reporting about every goddamn leak, you know, the, could be the smallest thing to the largest thing. Um, but then I think for me, I've always, again, when I started 10 years ago, tech news wasn't really even a thing. There wasn't a 24 hour news cycle. It was pretty much just like, you know, people going, here's a link to the, you know, other websites, like a roundup, you know, like a, a roundup every day or every week goes roundup where I came in and I'm like, well, um, you know, I'm just going to write news all the time. I'm not going to care about the time and I'm going to do it every day. Yeah. Yeah, because that's what I wanted that in your history. Yes, and that's what I said in my history. That's what I wanted, you know. And, and and in my history, like my boss was like, "Stop writing American news. You have to write Australian news." I'm like, "But Australia sucks. There's nothing that happens in this country." You know, we're so behind America, and I'm I'm a huge fan of America, and I love the states. So, like, I just USA, USA. I trust me. I'm a big, big fan. I, I've been there. So I've been to the country like 30, 40 times now. And, um, and there's been and quieter was, times here. Unfortunately, right now is not the yeah, best time. To visit, right now is not the best time. Uh, and I was actually I apologize. <laughs> I was meant to be there for GTC, and then it all got pulled out. So, but no, like when I when I started, I, I was meant to only do Australian news, and and then it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I just started writing more and more news, and then it kind of like tech news kind of like started. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think it was me, but it just happened around that time that everything was changing. Mm-hmm. That social media came out. We, like, again, I dived on Facebook, you know, it's, it's, we, with TweetDown, I just dived on Facebook. So we compete with like, you know, Tom Tarver and stuff like that on Facebook. It's, it's, it's huge, but that's because of the, you have to be on it every single day. Like I work probably 80 to hundred hours a week. You know, I well, and it's hard to not get addicted to working on it too, because you actually do love it. I love oh, covering this stuff. You know, they're like, get some sleep and it's like, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because yeah, that, that, that's it. Well, that's, I'm, I'm the same. I'm a teacher. I love this stuff. I love my job. I love the community. I love I love having a voice. You know, it's 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 just awesome. I absolutely love what I do, and that's uh, that's why I work. it's not work. You know what? What do they say? If if you find a job that you love, you won't work a day in your life. That's that type of like mantra that you can have. Like I love writing about this stuff. It's exciting, even if it's like little bits. I'm excited. So then I put that excitement yes. into my post. I'm like, this is going to be kick ass. If it's forty percent up faster. Holy shit, guys, like you're going to be able to buy, like, you know, an RTX, you know, like, like all the leaks that you're talking about as well. You're going to be able to buy an RTX 3060 ish card for, you know, the price, like five, six hundred dollars. You know, that's exciting to talk about. It's not like, oh, yeah, it's going to be five percent faster than the last card, you know, 10 percent more expensive. You know, it's not boring stuff. It's, it's 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 cool. It's exciting. I think tech news has just evolved completely with social media. Social media has been a large, a large course, drive. Yeah. Because people want their information differently. People don't have the attention. And I started this with, I did this with three times myself. People don't have the attention span to sit there and read a 10,000 word review, right? 
So sometimes, like, not sometimes, always though. There's, there's nerds, or no, there's nerds. There's the people that love that stuff, and I'm I, I I like to do that with stuff that I like to read about. But when it's news, you don't want to read like say a one or two or three thousand word kind of like news article. You want something really quick because that's what news is these days. You know, people like social media. Social media can just be one tweet, and one tweet can be more powerful than you know a hundred million dollars of marketing from a company. You know, it yeah. just depends on how it's delivered. So I don't know. I think news. News and tech journalism, and not just tech journalism, I think journalism in general has changed yes. because of social media yeah. and our attention spans are smaller. You know, people have less time than they did 10 years ago as well. Yeah. You, know, years, you could sit there and be like doing like, you know, reading for hours. Now, you know, you don't have that kind of time anymore. Well, you know, one thing I would say that I think a lot of websites and, and YouTubers grapple with is this thing of like, it's becoming more and more obvious to me that just you got to be passionate about it and do what you think you're going to be enthusiastically doing. You don't need to review every product. You, you actually don't. That's how it used to work because people don't need to go to Tweak Town or Anantech or, or Hardware Unbox YouTube channel and look at every single one of your reviews. If you have the time and the team and you can do that, then do it. But the fact is there's not just Hardware Unbox. There's Gamers Nexus. There's Linus Tech Tips. There's, there's me sometimes. There's all these other channels. And and people will just look at an aggregate of their favorite five or 10. And so just do what you're going to do. Well, you'll, you'll get into the next cycle. And I think that's something where you see some. So I, I've personally seen some YouTubers burn out doing like a hundred motherboard reviews in a month. And it's like, dude, those those are not, in fact, I've thought about it. If someone offered me a review for a motherboard, I would say, no, Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I don't, I don't want to do it. (laughs) No. No, especially mothers, uh, motherboards. There's a lot that goes into that. There's a lot that goes into that. Because you're basically <laughs> reviewing all the components that make the motherboard work, and yes. so, and it's also the least, in, frankly, least interesting thing to review. Yes, I think absolutely, absolutely. Well, that's that's why I like to review graphics cards, right? Of course, <laughs> yeah, you just put them right in the machine. I don't need to do anything. That's it. That's it. That's they're the most exciting part of a system for me. Kiwi Phil writes in, and he says, "Do you think that it, tech journalism has changed for the better?" Yes and no. I think that's part of what I was saying before, where like now, if you want, you know, the latest leaks on RDNA2 and Namper, and, you know, you go to Google type in, you get, it's, it's, you know, you have a million leaks. You have a million news articles and YouTube videos and stuff like that, that that you can consume. So I think that that's changed. And I think that that's for the better. But then I also think it's for the worse as well. Like you do get some sites and some social media accounts and YouTubers, like, again, if you know what you're talking about and then you read someone else and, or you watch someone else and they don't know what they're talking about, or they're like, I've heard from an anonymous source. It's like, but I've never seen you anywhere. And I've been to like, you know, every event that, you know, you can imagine with all these people and I have never seen your face. So it's like, who are you actually talking to? So I don't know that there's, there's good and bad. I think, I think that, I think that's, I think that's a, I think tech journalism has gotten better with, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot more people out there doing this job now. Um, and I think that I'm someone who likes every different drop of information. So that I want to constantly So then that's good for me. But then I think it's gotten worse because then now you're not having as much deep reporting. You're not having like as much fact checking, like it's all leaks and purported specs and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But then I love that. So there's good and bad. And that's asking me, you know, I, I, I like and don't like that stuff. Yeah. And I think um, another thing is. And, and I, and I sometimes kind of segue into another subject, but like, I get asked this question, like, why do you cover this? You know? And in fact, I've had people recently say, well, what if, um, 
you know, I know you put in all this effort, but what if it doesn't even turn out correct? Like for instance, there are some leaks where I think the information was legitimate, but the product just didn't, just didn't pan out right in the version they sold to consumers. And so you can be wrong without actually being wrong, (laughs) but it's like, I just think people need to take a chill pill and realize I'm covering this because I like talking about it. Yes. And you guys got to calm down, man. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And if they don't want to watch it or read it, don't watch it and read it. No one's holding a gun to your head going, you need to watch this, you know, or else you don't get to walk outside today. You know, no one, no one's doing that. And, and, and again, you, but you know what, the, one of the, one of the first things, Cameron, the owner of Tweaktown, one of the first things he told me when I very first started to uh, Tweaktown is like, don't read the comment section. Don't read it. You know, you don't need to, you know, it's, it's very hard. So like, I, I kind of have a disconnect and a, and a reconnect every now and again. If I, if I, because I'm writing so many leaks and stuff like that, you are going to get someone that's going to come in and be negative and say that. And it can be draining. It's like, dude, like, you know, too much time I spend away from my, from, from I my know. children to work. Like, this is not fucking easy. It's really hard. Like I have caused so many, like, you know, I, I barely have a social life because I love my job so much. But then you get someone that comes in and just knocks it all over. Like a, like a, you know, like a, like a Jenga like tower. It's like, oh, okay, no worries. But then, I don't know, there's, there's good and bad with that. Well, one of the most deflating to enthusiasm things, I'll describe it in comments I'll see is, um, <laughs> oh, have you considered doing this for higher quality? Or like, oh, have you considered doing this thing? And it's like you already are, or they have no, sometimes I just feel like people just have no comprehension of how much effort goes into it, yeah. though. Where yeah. they're just like, oh, did you think? It's like, yeah, yeah, man, I thought about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and it's like or like why didn't she do this uh because that would have taken an entire week yeah that's it that's it well and, i could have done, the- done it in an hour all right do it then yeah. Huh? <laughs> yeah. and it's and and, and and the same i get the same thing i'll get comments you know why, why don't you tear apart the graphics cards and show me how it looks and it's like <laughs> yeah okay like I, I have again i bought from 3d effects till now and i've never needed to take apart a graphics card but if you want to do that the guys at gamers nexus hub round box they kick ass with that stuff Dude, Go check exactly I'll give you the leaks and I'll give you all this and I'll give you these games or I'll give you my personal opinion on it. I'll actually do this with it or that with it that they might not do. But like, if you want to go check that stuff out and I don't have 40 hours to go and do that. And I don't have a team of like seven people that are going to go and do that for me. You know, if you want to give me 200, $300,000 a year to spend on stuff, you know, okay, I'll I'll go and do it. But again, I don't think the clips on that are going to be very good. Like watch this Mm. graphics card, they're taken apart. Like, the one out of, you know, 100,000 people that will do that with this card. But- well, yeah, like I'll do a review. I just did a review for a 4K monitor. I've done a review for the 3950X. It's, it's just stuff I buy for work or for yep. fun. And I'm like, when I want a break from looking at leaks, because I do get tired of it sometimes, yes. um, I'll just go, you know what? I'm going to do a review this week. It's going to get a tenth the clicks, by the way, yep. of one yep. of my leaks. But uh, I just can't look at ampere information right now so i'm going to start doing this and and then i'll say but you know what this is just my impression of the 3950x like i play mountain blade and i've noticed surprisingly the frame rate's higher than my old i7 and oh look at that it's actually better multi-threaded this old game than i ever thought it would be and you know that's what i'm bringing to the table as my own experience because and then they'll say well it's because you're lazy it's just like there's no (laughs) world where i do as good a job at looking at frame pacing as tech power up or, no, or, no. or, or tech spot. It's like, it's not, I'm not going to, yeah. so, and, yeah. and I wouldn't, you know, Oh, you're using them for, you're using their bar graphs for part of the review. Yeah. Cause I trust them. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. 
And like you said, I think a lot of people, I don't know, a lot of people don't see how hard, like you're saying, we're both saying, a lot of people don't see this as being hard. Like they just think it's easy. I can just open up a website or a YouTube channel. You know, it's like my my kids at school, like their friends are like, and even my kids sometimes, but I try to like drum it out of them a lot. They're like, I want to be a YouTube when I grow up. It's like, but that's not. Well, or you want to do a certain thing if it happens to work out on YouTube. Good. That's right. Run a business of doing something else. And then exactly. If it's the things on YouTube where you can do something different then yes, but like they want to be a YouTuber because that's cool. It's like, but you, you can't just watch a really nicely made. Like look at Linus. Do you really think he's benchmarking and writing the scripts and recording the video and editing the video and doing the business and doing the advertising and like going it, would, it, it, it would honestly be irresponsible if he was, because he'd be such a bottleneck. Absolutely. And that, that's the thing is a, a lot of people just see, you know, they see a really nice, you know, and they do great stuff. You see a really nicely made video and it looks really nice and it's edited well. It's like, but that's not just one guy, but so much of the world just thinks I can do that. Oh, like I could, I could grab a monitor and I can grab, you know, I get a keyboard or a graphics card. I can review that on YouTube. It's like, yeah, okay. You probably could, but how many graphics cards have you owned in your life too? Okay. Well, I'm not going to read your review. Like, sorry. Like how many, you know, like how long have you been using PCs for? Like, well, three years. I could be a YouTuber and talk about PC hardware. Unless you're doing something different, it's not gonna it's not gonna work, unfortunately. Well, it's it, really, it, really hard. Really doing this type of work, it becomes humbling. It, you yeah. start to, you the more you do it, the more you realize you don't know anything. Yeah, you know, and you're never gonna know anything. <laughs> and it is funny to see people usually on Reddit arguing. And like I I, I busted out laughing one time because he was like, did you see this like one mistake he made here? Yeah. And then yeah. someone replies to him, I've noticed your comments on Reddit are really smart. You could probably do a better job than him. And he's like, yeah, I've thought about it. And I'm just like, <laughs> then do it. Then yeah. do it. Have mm-hmm. it. And I, and I, and I discussed this with uh, Steve at Hardware Unbox on an episode. Like um, uh, uh, half of it isn't even just getting it right or doing... Um, or putting in the extra effort. It's just getting up and doing yes, it. Yes. Like it's getting up and like today, you know, we started this podcast two hours late. Cause I said, no, the video is done today. Cause it needs yep. to be. And, yep. and, and like most of it is actually just doing that work for 40 hours straight. Sometimes yep. like, uh, the nightmares I've heard of, uh, Zen one reviews. Ah, oh, Yes. 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 Well, well, let me ask you that. Let's let's segue a little bit of, away from what I'm sure they'll say in the comments. Listen to these two babies complain, um, <laughs> which fair enough. Uh, but let's segue to Zen One. This is a question I like to ask everyone I have on who's been you know following this space for a while, just because I do think this is kind of the AMD resurgence period. Like, what did you expect out of Zen One before it came what out? Did I, I don't know. I heard. I heard. I was very involved with a lot of the leaks with Zen One. Right. So I don't know if anyone, yeah. I don't know if you know or anyone that's listening knows, but I'm I, I was the first one to actually name the or use the word riser. So I actually wow. had a massive leak. So well, the oh, so you're the person to Aspen. <laughs> yes. So I was right in the middle of that, you know, and and no one believed me, and everyone called me out. It's not going to be called Ryzen. They're never going to call it Ryzen. Rah, 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 rah. And it, well, you know, they were wrong. Um. So you know, I, I was in the in the thick of that. And so I kind of had the hype, you know, I had, I had a lot of hype from all these leaks that I was getting told from, not just from within AMD, from, you know, other companies as well. Um, and I'm like, again, I'm very hesitant at that stage. I'm like, well, hold on a minute. I haven't touched an AMD CPU for years. I am Intel exclusive because again, like I said, you know, for this whole conversation, I'm a massive enthusiast of the best performance that I can get, no matter what, I don't care how much power it consumes or how hot it is. If it's the best that I want it. 
Um, so I'm like, there's no way AMD is going to do, you know, something within the first, you know, this new Zen CPU, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was good. It wasn't the best. It was good. So I gave them the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, well, I'm not going to use it. You know, I had a Ryzen 7 1800X at the time. I used it, but my Intel system just kicked its ass because I, I'm gaming on high frames, right? Right. So right. I, 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 I at the time, the Ryzen CPU. Yeah. Just, I think I had, I had a 6700K and then I think a 7700K right after that at the time of the Ryzen launching. And I'm like, nah, whatever. You know, second generation launches, you know, and you know that motherboard manufacturers start to take it more seriously. You know, our system builders are going to start, uh, you know, changing their systems over to a second generation platform. Um, but then with Ryzen 3000 series, it's like, okay, now they're in business. So when it first came out, you know, I was like, again, uh, it was good. It was did good to see finally back. Did it. So you followed all of those leaks though. And let me, I guess, let me answer what, what I say, um, just to kind of frame up what I mean. When I saw the early leaks, you know, they were comparing it to Broadwell. Like I was basically like, you know, if it could just be Sandy Bridge IPC clocked at 3.5 gigahertz, but let's say they actually give us eight cores at the same power usage as Intel, I'll be blown away. But then what it turned out is they actually gave us uh, Broadwell IPC clocked at three, uh, almost four gigahertz at less power usage most of the time. And from so in that way, it actually outperformed my expectations. And I had pretty big expectations. Yeah. There were so many people being like, it's going to be Bulldozer 2.0. Yeah. Well, yeah. So would you say it overperformed your expectations? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I, I think, I, I, yeah, I, I, I expected to do well, but delivering 16 threads at that price, you know, it didn't need, even need to match Intel's performance. It just needs to go, hey, Intel, um, yeah, here's 16 threads, you know, for less money. Might not beat you, but if you're doing games and multitasking, you know, something else, then here we are, you know, Intel never really bragged about that in those days where AMD just came out of nowhere with an eight, a 16 threaded CPU. You know, that was, that was amazing. But again, like we we're talking about before, how much of that was thanks to the development of the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X? Because mm. all of that would have been discussed back then. You know, that would have been the roadmap, like all the chiplet architecture and stuff like that, you know, that, that, that all mattered. Um, yeah, because I mean, the Jaguar they were using was almost a two chiplet Jaguar, frankly. Yes, yes. So right. Sub Zero writes in, and he says the GTX 980 Ti was six hundred and fifty dollars. The 1080 Ti was seven hundred dollars. I guess we could just say that one's inflation, maybe. But then the 2080 Ti is a thousand dollars. I'd say it's thirteen hundred dollars, guys. Uh, considering the fact that AMD has something big coming. Do you think prices will fall or stay the same this fall? They have to fall. I, I think that uh, obviously NVIDIA could charge whatever they wanted to previous generation because AMD didn't have a competitor, but they do now. You know, the 5700, 5700 XT is a great card. You know, it's not obviously top tier enthusiast card, but for, you know, sub five dollars $600, it, it kicks ass. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that the next generation, yeah, it, Whatever comes out in the mid-range, like like you were talking about before in, in, in a previous video and all the other leaks that have come out, a 3060-ish card is going to most likely offer 2080 Ti-ish performance for the mm-hmm. 5, 600, 650 max kind of market. And so especially if you consider price, ray tracing. Exactly right. So, And you consider that ray tracing might not be important you know, for the last 18 months, but as soon as the next generation consoles are out and these games start coming out, that's going to become more and more important. And it's going to become a new performance metric, no matter what, whether we like it or not. Ray tracing is here to stay. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, will they get cheaper? I think so. And I, But I think that I think it's not getting cheaper. It's about offering more performance for that price bracket. Every, every price bracket. Everyone wants everything to be cheaper and cheaper. I want to be able to do 4K 60 for 199 bucks. 
That's, yeah. you know, that's, that's, that's not going to happen. You know, it's, I think that I think that that six fifty range is where we're gonna where we're gonna see everything top out. But then I really think that Nvidia is gonna come out with something much better than that. But A seven that nanometer version is what I'm yes, expecting. They just yes. can't make it because of capacity competition That's with AMD. Correct. I just that that is honestly what I think, and you can kind of see me in my leaks saying it more and more. I really think they just have no choice, and so there's like fine three fifty watt eight nanometer. <laughs> yep. But then, but then, but then, that, that's that moment that I want. You know, that's that. Right now, I'm, I'm a huge movie fan, and I'm a massive Superman fan. Massive <laughs> Superman fan. I don't, I don't know if you've seen Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. I have not seen that one, no. Okay, well, you've probably seen the trailer. I saw, me, when... I saw Man of Steel, and I've, I've seen enough about it. I, I've seen clips okay. and stuff. Well, there's a, there's a scene uh, about halfway through the movie when Batman and Superman fight, and Superman throws Batman through the building, and he just hovers down, and he's like, if I wanted it, you'd be dead already. Obviously, he's Superman, and Batman's just a normal human being, and if he wanted it, he would be dead in a snap of Superman's fingers. Mm-hmm. You know, that's NVIDIA to AMD for the last 10 years, right? Sure. But that is no longer the case. You know, that's no longer the case. So then I think that... We're going to see, everyone's expecting this battle to be the exact same. Like, $650 card by know, Nvidia. AMD is going to release a $600, well, it was $599 card. It's going to offer 10% more performance. And then Nvidia is going to do a price drop. And, you know, it's not going to happen like that. I think you're going to yeah, see. I think AMD could happen. win, guys. I think AMD yes. actually could win. And I think that's the big thing is that a lot of people aren't expecting that. But just watch what happened with Zen to Zen 2 to Zen 3. You know, we're at RDNA 2 now. So if that is twice the performance of RDNA 1, then people are going to sit down and listen. And they're going to be like, well, holy crap, you know, you're actually equaling NVIDIA performance at current generation, obviously, 2080 Super, 2080 Ti. But then NVIDIA, again, like the Superman I just said in, in, in that story, they're going to be like, well, did you really think that's all we had? You know, like, cool. And he's just blown every single, like, you know, bullet yeah. out. And then they're like, well, you know, you know, we've got something else. You know, there's a surprise here. And bam, 3080 Ti or 3090. And I, I don't know if you've watched what I, or read what I've been saying, but I want to see the return of the Ultra moniker. I want to see like a 3090 Ultra. I want to see the return of Ultra. Yeah. Pushing it I hard think on they're going to try to do that too. You know, I think that's their plan is they're just, I, I really do think, and again, I've said this in a million videos, they are bidding TSMC against Samsung. It backfired on them. They have yes. to go with Samsung. But that, you know, and I discussed this with John Petty in a podcast as well. And he's just like, look, if you think NVIDIA, when they're threatened, isn't going to bring out the big guns, they're going to. And so I think this is, I think you could see AMD win this fall. But if if that's going to happen, NVIDIA probably already knows it's going to happen. And so they're prepping for some big, probably, like, I, I really do think there's a chance what we see this fall is like a 3080 Ti and a third, yeah, and a 3080. I'm just making sure I'm not mixing up the names. And then maybe a 3090, I'm not sure. But then they bring out like a seven nanometer version of the same 102, and it's like the Titan and the 3090. At least yes. I know they could do that. <laughs> yes. And I, and, I, and I think that I think that they will. NVIDIA, I, I don't know how much you hear about how Jensen is in person, but he's someone that he will, he doesn't want to lose. He no. will not lose. He will not. And he will come out all guns blazing against AMD. Whatever the fuck AMD have behind the scenes, however good it is, 
I, I can put down good money that NVIDIA is just like, it doesn't matter, guys. NVIDIA has been fighting this whole battle with one hand tied behind its back. Imagine if you could allow 2080 Ti to actually use 400 watts of power and let it go, like, let it get hot. Let it run up to 80 degrees. Mm-hmm. Let it let it just go. Let it let it go. Like, let the voltage just go. You know, there's tons of headroom in those things. You know, they mm-hmm. capped at like 2,000 megahertz, 2,200 megahertz. They can do 2,500 plus. You know, imagine if it was actually properly optimized for that. You know, imagine if if NVIDIA didn't really care. Um, I think that NVIDIA... And who doesn't have a 750-watt power supply, honestly? And it's like anyone buying a $1,000 card has a 750-watt power supply. I have a compact build. I have a 750-watt small form vector power supply with four eight-pin connectors. I could power that in my tiny little console-sized PC already. So... And, and honestly, I think that's what AMD is doing too. And again, I said that in my newest video. I the impression I get is that Lisa wants to win bad, yes. even if it's just for a month. Yes. She doesn't. She yes. wants to make her. Uh, I think it's cousin's or uncle's second remove. Jensen mad this yes. fall. Yes, yes. Which is yes. so interesting to think that they're like from the same village. It's a pretty smart place, I guess. Uh, but um, it, like. It doesn't matter. They want to deliver double fifty seven hundred XT performance. If it takes four hundred watts. Why not? Who cares? Yes. They made a 500 watt car before. They don't care. Yes. That excites me. It feels like that's like a proper, I don't know, boxing match. Like right now, it right. feels like NVIDIA's out of it and AMD's in the middle just kind of like fighting themselves and like, whoa, yeah, we're winning. You know, like, you know, get, uh, VR isn't just for the 1%. And they got all those BS kind of radio rebellion. They don't really know what they were doing. But now they're like in the ring with NVIDIA finally. And I think that NVIDIA will actually take that first punch. You know, RDNA 2 will be that first punch where NVIDIA... I think they know they have to, that they screwed up. They got too yes. arrogant with like the yes. same... Same with Intel. NVIDIA has done exactly the same with mm-hmm. Intel. They sat a little bit too complacent. Intel obviously lost out with... Yeah, you know, let's be clear. Intel really they, screwed up. <laughs> they really screwed up badly there. We could... We, there's a whole... There's, you could yes. do a serious podcast alone on how badly Intel's managed themselves over the last 10 years. But NVIDIA, they haven't really badly managed themselves. It's just that they've been way too cocky. They just think that they're yes. the absolute champion. We can charge whatever the hell we want for our cards and people just eat it up. We can release Ray Trip, change the entire goddamn name of our cards from GeForce GTX to RTX. And really, Ray Trip is just a tech demo for now. But we'll still charge you know, $1,000 plus for a card. And that backfired on them too. So really, the, exactly. the stage is set for people. Yes. They want NVIDIA to lose this time yes. too. I think yes. people are... Are really and you know that's it's a funny thing too when you talk to people within Nvidia they want AMD to do well yeah. they don't care they're just yeah. they're like cool <laughs> yeah. well it's it's good for them it keeps them more in business you know it, like it, you you want your competitor to be constant like if 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 Nvidia won this generation by the same gap that they have between the fifty seven hundred XT and the twenty eighty Ti sure. AMD yeah. would be out of business this generation but for their graphics card department they'd be done mm-hmm. you know they might have success in CPU they'll roll it into APU but AMD isn't going to let that happen. You know, a lot of people don't have that faith in AMD, but it's not even faith. It's like they've proven themselves now. They're not idiots, right? That's what it comes down to is it's not a matter of faith. It's not a matter of, you know, <laughs> always AM delusional fanboys. <laughs> uh, you know, all of those memes. It's it's like, do you do you just see what they did to Intel? You really yes. think they can't try to do that to NVIDIA? In that defense, playing devil's advocate, then HBCC is going to change the world. HBM2 is going to change the world. Vega is going to be the best card ever. You know, so gamers well. are also confused by a lot of <laughs> Volta. BS. 
Yeah, Paul Volta, exactly. <laughs> you know, but again, those people went to Intel, and those people no longer work at Intel, so they've lost that. Yeah. You know, they've lost that kind of like these buzzwords like HBCC is going to change the world. And HBCC is kind of already in consoles. If you look at all the stuff that's going on, it's kind yeah, of like the out. best parts of HBCC that actually work and kick ass. But it's like all those people are gone from AMD. So you're not having this whole like else, else we'd, probably, we'd have poor Amper by now. If I was the person that did that oh, stuff in AMD, yeah. I won't say their name, then I would be trolling everyone right now because I know that that trolling is what people want. People want it. People want NVIDIA <laughs> to take a punch. People want to see NVIDIA with a tooth missing and blood coming out of their face because you know that they're not just going to go, oh, I cry to their mummy and be like, it's not fair. AMD beat us with one generation. They're going to come back with a much bigger stick and they're going to start swinging back. And that is what, and not and, just and, I want, yeah. games and they, want. Games and they won't stop swinging for a few years because they will remember. And that's what happened with Fermi, where they got, I think, right before Fermi, super cocky. And then the eight from AMD, the well, I guess from Radeon, the HD 4000 series came. And then the 5000 and even the 6000, though, didn't quite win. I mean, it was more efficient and better priced. And, and then seven and then the 7000 series won. And so once NVIDIA got on top, they didn't wait, wait you know, sit around they got maxwell and then pascal it took yeah. just absolute utter destruction of their competition for them to get oh, even a absolutely. little lazy well speaking of that fermi is what gave me my job right if you look at my twitter handle <laughs> i saw well, that yeah my twitter handle is anthony256 that's from the geforce 256 i was just a huge fan of the, of, of technology so when the geforce 256 launched that was my my online nickname from then but with fermi you know i started with Tweetown because i was on overclockers australia which was the, i think it's the largest forum here in australia and um me and the well, sean baker the, the the then um vga card editor at the time um we were like just debating we were saying fermi's gonna suck fermi's so bad rah 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 and we're one of the only two that are on Overclockers Australia saying, you know, and I'm a huge NVIDIA fanboy. And everyone's like, you're an NVIDIA, you're an AMD fanboy. Oh, I know, like, right? Dude, look at my name. My name is Anthony256. <laughs> you can't sit there and call me a fan. And even though I say Anthony256, it doesn't make me a blind fanboy to NVIDIA. You know, Fermi suck. But like you said, they learned from that. 500 series wasn't that great, but they came back with 600. 780 Ti, man. 980 Ti. 1080 Ti. But they kind of lost it with 2080 Ti, right? That, that same energy was kind of like gone. No, they need that again. But I think that they'll, instead of take, instead of ha receiving a hit and going down for too long, maybe they might take a hit with, with the next three to four months. But then, you know, Q1 2021, they come out with a, you know, 7M, you know, 3090, 3080 Ti, 3080 Ultra, whatever yeah. they, they call it. That would be good enough. Maybe they'll take the hit and let everyone think, oh, look, NVIDIA has been destroyed. Oh, AMD's beat them, you know, rah, 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 rah. And then they come out with something that just absolutely annihilates, you know, AMD. But well, and, and, and the thing that really excites me is, I mean, and, and yeah, I mean, sometimes you just need to get reminded you can lose it in a second if you lose, if you put your guard down. But I think NVIDIA is going to come out with some crazy powerful stuff late this year and early next year. And I would just remind everyone that like if NVIDIA takes the crown back and I expect them to, honestly, but um, RDNA 3 is 3x. They yes. want to add another 50% performance to RDNA 2 late next year. And guys, I think they might, you know, I think they're going to go to five nanometer. I, I was looking at the wafer contracts in one video and I like did the math and I'm like, they're going to be making more five nanometer chips mid next year than they were early 2019, uh, seven nanometer. So I'm like, they're making something on five yep. nanometer they have an yep. agreement guys guys they have an agreement to start making five nanometer chips in a couple months just so you know yep. 
They're making yep. something. Now, I think it's APUs first and maybe yes. like a specialty version of Milan. But uh, but uh, I can bet they're going to go to RDNA 3 on 5 nanometer late next year. And, you know, the way people at Sony talk, it's like they expect AMD to add some type of like lightning fast SSD built onto the graphics card soon. Yes. And, and it's like, so yeah, NVIDIA is going to punch back, but that's what excites me. AMD is going to punch back pretty hard yes. next year again, I think. And the things I'm hearing about Hopper is some people say Hopper's actually the Pascal, that that's actually yes. the big one, not Ampere. Yes. And it's like, so just, you guys got to buckle up because yeah. I think the next few years is going to be absolutely absurd, like better than yeah. the 2000s in terms of oh, absolutely. I 100% agree. And I, I, am, I am so excited. I, it's hard to even explain. I, I can't wait because I think it's just going to be crazy. And, we, and you know what? We haven't even we haven't even talked about Intel. You know, this is just this is just Nvidia. And what, wait one second. <laughs> Fat boy Diesel writes it, and he says, "Big Z win for gaming." <laughs> I can't see it, man. I I love Rajak Kaduri. I have spent I have spent a lot of time with him, just one on one, just hanging out, like eating ice cream in in the middle of Vegas yes. when it's like Not, two and degrees. Too, and he's he's a fun it's, he's a fun guy. Like he really he, he, he is, is fun. smart. He's not yes. stupid. Like people no, uh, no. act like he's dumb because of Vega. No, he's smart. No, no. AMD really, you know, hamstrung him with Vega, but he he's smart. And I, I don't know. I I, I think a lot of people are thinking like, oh my god, Intel is going to come out and they're going to have a graphics card that will compete with Nvidia and AMD in a single generation. Okay, like, hate to break it to you, that's no, not going to happen. Like, two, one, that's not going to happen. Two, I had an Intel i seven forty. And it wasn't that great back in the day. You know, Intel had the same thing. We're going to come out and destroy everyone. And it didn't do anything. You know, it's going to take years and years to build up, like, you know, support and drivers. You know, software is important. You know, look at NVIDIA and AMD. Like, NVIDIA software, like, I, I have less problems with GeForce graphics cards than I do with Radeon. Just, you, you just have to say it. There are issues with AMD. You know, it's gotten a lot better. So, lot so better. actually, I've had more problems with NVIDIA drivers. Until last fall, though, I just have to admit that the late 2019 drivers for AMD were the first time where I was like, oh, this reminds me of Fermi. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Those. Oh, so you at least admit Fermi's drivers were a nightmare. Oh, no, of course. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. I think I think that's like a, that made me swear like off Nvidia for like a decade. It was so yeah. bad for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's, but but going back to Z, though. No, I think that and I think that Z will I think. I don't know. I, I can't. I can't. I cannot see Z coming out before 2023, 24, and actually, you know, having like GeForce like flagship levels of performance. And a lot of people are just expecting it's going to be overnight. No, Intel's Intel have probably had this massive reorg, and they're planning things for the next five to ten years. You know, they lost in modems, they lost in CPU, they lost in GPU, they've lost all over the place. So now they have to win again, you know? I've had sources that tell me that the stuff that's coming out from Intel in the CPU division, late 21 in 22, is going to be insane. So then, you know, they're not going to lay down. Do you think they're just going, oh, cool, Zen 2, oh, that's hurting us, Zen 3, oh, cool, that's even hurting us more, Zen 4, no worries. Zen 5, like, load it on. Like, you know, we've, we've lost, you know, 60% of our market share. That's not going to happen. So, like, what happens if they have a CPU and GPU that, you know, actually annihilates? And I don't think it'll be the form of, like, a graphics card. What happens if we're moving more towards the cloud? You know, what, what's, what, what, what are graphics cards going to look like in 2025? Are they going to be this card that still goes into your machine or will it be an external Thunderbolt? Oh, who owns Thunderbolt? You know, let's start 
thinking about where this kind of goes. It doesn't need to be a graphics card. You know, it can be something else. Graphics cards can evolve. Welcome to I think it's going to be a giant APU eventually. That's yes, what I honestly yes. think. To and it makes more sense. Look at like the look at the NUC, right? The NUC is pretty much like the Intel version of a, of, of a list. They're their own kind of console in a way. Like, mm-hmm. what happens if Microsoft's next console is an Intel chip? We don't know that. The original you know? Xbox was. That's correct. Exactly right. And people don't realize that the original Xbox was just, you know, literally off the shelf hardware. It wasn't that crazy. It wasn't a custom silicon that they're having now, a semi-custom design from AMD and Sony and Microsoft. You know, maybe Intel's playing a long game. And so we all think, or not we, I think a lot of the world thinks Intel's going to come out and have like a GeForce and Radeon competitor on day one. I don't think it's going to be like that. And I still remember when I, I wrote a story about this saying that the, my source told me that the, the first kits of Z were going to be a developer kit. I had yep. industry analysts coming up to me and like, where did you hear that? We're like massive analysts, like we're not hearing that. How are you hearing that? It's like, well, I'm talking to someone. It's not a developer kit. It's not a developer kit. You know, fast forward three weeks, and you know, Intel comes out. Yeah, this is a developer kit. You know, we don't know what's coming with Intel. Everyone thinks it's going to be a GeForce and Radeon competitor, but years from now, a big, huge APU that starts to, you know, knock AMD and mm-hmm. especially AMD around. They don't care about Nvidia right now. They just need to win HPC, which they can do that with like crazy HPC stuff. But I don't think we're going to see GeForce competitors in the next few years. Well, so, and it's, it's funny because I think again, like I know my Ampere videos get the most views and that doesn't really surprise me, but, and man, if I put RDNA in the title, there's a way to get clicks. <laughs> like I have to stop. So I don't turn into clickbait. There's so, but, uh, but like, I think my Intel info is actually the most accurate, like the most stuff I'm confident in. Like it's to the degree where one of my sources like I basically have Intel's roadmaps now. Like I just yeah. to be honest. Like, and one of them I had like something that they're planning to use. I think past Lunar Lake. I don't even know if I've technically can told anyone I know what that is or Meteor Lake and all this stuff. And like the, I, I won't say what it is until I make the video. But just for people who work at Intel, it starts with an R and then it ends with a D and then there is Cove. And I sent that and I crossed it out and sent it to a someone who worked at Intel and he goes how the hell do you know what? And he said, the name of the cove is, is. <laughs> and so I just, I don't say that to like brag or it's just, I'm letting you know, when I say I'm confident in my Intel info, yeah. that's what I'm telling you. And I've had Z info for a while now that no one seems to care about, by the way, but my understanding is Z works. The potential for Z is there. Like it works. They have graphics cards that run above a 2080 Ti they have for months. Problem is it uses like 600 Watts. Um, and, uh, there's no, and if you don't think Nvidia could have overclocked a Titan RTX to 400 Watts and beaten it, they probably could have. So what's going on is their fabric is really good at scaling performance at low latency, but it uses an immense amount of energy. And my understanding is when it comes to the way they're building their Z graphics cards, it's with tiles kind of, it's, it's exactly how Zen builds their CPUs. And one tile is super efficient. So I think we could see low end Z cards next year that are pretty decent, you Mm -hmm. know, and you're seeing them in Tiger Lake leaks right now. They're decent. They're good. And we might see a two tile solution, but it's like exponential. So like if you have a Z graphics card that uses 60 Watts and let's say it competes with an R, you know, I don't know what it's going to be called, right? An RT or GT 2040. I don't know. I mean, 3040. I don't know what they'll call something at that Mm -hmm. tier. Like, I think they can be competitive there, but the second they go to two tiles and try to compete with like a 3050 Ti, 
Like now it's already up to like 150 watts or 180. Yeah. And then three yeah. tiles are already at like four, like 350 watts, and that's going to lose to a 3070. So yeah. my understanding is they think they can fix it now, but it's not going to be until like Jupiter Sound in 2022 or 2023. Yeah. So I, so I will say that I do think they can have Big Z and surprise everyone late two years from now, though. Yes. Like yes. it's over two years, and and it will be probably pretty great from the sound of it. It's just yeah. I think. I think we should at least hope they get something out that's like 200 bucks and competes with the 3050 Ti because if they yes. can at least do that we can at least get a floor in in pricing in the mid range too. Yes. And I think and I think that that's at the end of 22, you know, that make that that makes sense, right? Like it's but but then also, you know, if it competes with a 30 series car, what's Nvidia going to have by then? What's AMD going to have? Exactly. Right? Hopper and RDNA 3. Right. And and so I that's why I say I just, I think Big Z, uh, in terms, I mean, they could make one now. It's not going to be very good though, guys. Uh, <laughs> in terms of when they can actually compete with what AMD and NVIDIA's newest stuff is, it's like, it's just right out until 2022 is my answer to that question. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that, and that, and that, and that makes sense. And I think we'll, we'll see, we'll see so much of the entire PC market shift by then as well. I think there's going to be a lot of change, which is going to be a lot of good as well. A lot of change. Well, you know, one you know, there's, uh, I think I've, we've gone for a while. I think there's one more thing I want to bring up though. And like, it's starting to leak right now, but like, what do you think about game prices going to $70? I think you're just an interesting <laughs> person to ask that. Well, first off, I'm in Australia where all games cost way more money than the States. Yeah, so but you use you, Monopoly money. You don't use the you, real US dollars. Literally, literally. It's it's literally like that. <laughs> um, no, I, I I think, I don't know, I, I'm of two minds. I, I'm okay with that if the experience is worth it. But, like, mm-hmm. I think that that's all changing. Because if I can spend, you know, $10, $15 on a Netflix subscription and then have... I could stream 24 hours a day if I wanted to and watch yeah. every single series, you know, they might go X series costs, you know, a hundred million dollars to produce. Well, I don't care. I've, I've paid my money. I can watch any series I want, you know, games charging 60, $70. I think that those days are going to be, they have to be over when I can play, you know, I love Apex legends. No, it didn't cost me anything. You know, I play Fortnite with my girls. Mm, didn't cost me anything, but if I want to spend money in those games and that's okay. So like I think that I think that's a better way. I think that like these AAA titles, they go, you know, we need to recoup, you know, the the hundred million dollar production budget of this game. It's like, well, okay, if you're spending a hundred million dollars on that game and you want me to pay seventy dollars for it, then I shouldn't have to have it look like a trashy console port, right? Mm-hmm. That's the other problem. So if they want to charge more money for these games and they do look better because of next gen consoles, then I think a lot of gamers would be okay with that. It's like paying an additional fee from going to, from a 1080p Blu-ray to a 4K Blu-ray, right? It's more expensive. You know, maybe they maybe they're going to start to do that, but they have to justify that. It has to look better, you know. Yeah. But then at the same time, will there be free to play next generation games and look just as good as a seventy dollars title that has a hundred and fifty million dollar production budget? You know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm I'm someone who's you know, I think that the games are getting expensive because then as well, there's not a lot of people that will be able to buy more than one game every three months. You know, so what do you do to those people? There'll be a lot of people that spend game, might buy a game every week or might buy a game every month. It's like, you know, it's all different, you know, but then you look at the people that play like Rocket League and CSGO and, you know, there's tens of millions of people that play those games. So every game developer wants to have the game where they're like, we've got 50 million players. But if you look at the numbers, most yeah, of the people not that play happen. those games, it's not going to happen. They're all free to play games, you know? So it's it's like there's this big, huge divide. It's like it's either free with tons of microtransactions or it's like going to cost $70. 
So it's like, what am I going to get for that $70 that beats, you know, that free-to-play game? So if the graphics do look absolutely, like, amazing, maybe that will be okay in the next few years. Like, But, again, I don't want to see I don't want to see these games with issues on day one if I'm paying more money. Exactly. I don't want to see all this shit that goes on now where it's like, oh, there's been a six-month delay. It's like you knew there was going to be a delay probably months before you delayed yeah. it. So again, if you if if there's ten dollars more per game, and there's you know a projected you know seven million sales, and you know you've got an extra seventy million dollars, hire some more people. You know, like make sure that these games come out more polished. They do not have any problems. Like, I expect like next to no issues with these games at launch. Like no massive day one patches. We're like oh because we're fixing all these bugs. You know, it has to be justified. If it's justified, we can't control it. The only way you can yeah. control it is not by games, right? Like, well, I don't want to pay seventy dollars for that game. Okay. They don't. They don't. Like, it's, it's easy. And I think, and there will be some people that there will be there will be some people that get mad at me and you for even acknowledging that it won't be the worst thing in the world. But I just think I usually honestly argue devil's advocate on this one because it's like, well, what do you want? Do you want microtransactions? You said no. Okay. Well, now the game's seventy dollars. They've been charging the same price for fifteen years, and there's inflation, yes. guys. Like, yeah. and you can't pretend there's not inflation, or at least if you do, then you you. I'm sorry, you don't know how the the economy works. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. such a thing as inflation, and and I think what we're going to see though is it will backfire on some of these companies, right? There yes. will be some companies that are just like, yay, now it's seventy. Uh, for this yearly installment, and we're going to add a, get a special edition and microtransactions, and no one's going to buy it. People are yeah. going to say, you know, but then you're going to have games like GTA 6, and I'm going to be like, yeah, sure, I'd give you 80. I, yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and maybe you won't give them 80, but I would if it meant no, that like kind of like Red Dead Redemption 2, it's just one 100 hour. I mean, yes. just to use an example, I mean, not, it's not for everyone. Again, you don't have to agree with my gaming taste people listening, but for me, Red Dead Redemption 2 was at the caliber of like a AAA first party exclusive game, except it was 100 hours. It was like yeah. every 10 hours of open world exploration felt like a single player choreographed linear game, except it wasn't linear. And so with how excellent that was, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm happy to pay more for that, but there will be other games where I'm just not touching them. And yes, and, and frankly, I just wish instead of trying to find ways to charge $70, just, hey, you know, maybe make it $50 and don't add fetch quests and I'll be happy with a 20, 20 hour game because I don't have yes. a lot of spare time. I would yep. so much prefer just a good tight. It's, it's to the point where I don't think I want the new Assassin's Creed because I was excited about <laughs> Assassin's Creed Odyssey. But it was so huge. I'm like, ah, oh, I, I actually kind of like it less because it's bigger. I don't have time yeah, to do this. It. That's it. I think you're going to see a lot of game developers just pulling back more of a different curtain. Like instead of giving this huge, you know, like you, you, not everyone can have this rock star, you know, level of quality. Like I haven't played Red Dead Redemption 2, um, but I've, I've obviously like, so I've read about a ton of it. You have of heard it. of it though. I'm just, oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I don't I'm think kidding, I'm kidding. kidding. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. So imagine, could you imagine meeting a gamer now that actually didn't hear about that? Um, but no, I, I, and I think that you're going to see a lot of a lot of developers that are going to that are going to maybe do something do things differently. Like the graphics are better in all these games, you know, rah 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 rah. But what about like interactive environments and destructible environments and stuff like that? Like maybe making smaller worlds, but like much more detailed worlds. It's kind of like what Rockstar do. Please, you know, Rockstar <laughs> like it's that, that's that's what I'd love to see as well. Like I want to see like it doesn't it just need to be sixty dollars or seventy dollars, and it's just you know another yearly game. 
But then I also see, you know, I'm sure Ubisoft is sitting back and going, well, how about we charge a subscription service to the Far Cry franchise for $60 yeah. a year, right? And we'll charge you $60 a year, flat fee, whatever the hell we make. You get every Cry, new Far Cry, every, every you DLC. Get, you know, every, every DLC, you know, and then we give you all the games and, you know, previous, but then if you stop signing up for it, then those games no longer work. You know, that's going to be the other thing that sucks. But, like, I can see them doing something like that, especially like the sports games that come in every year. Like why do people buy those games every year? And then they're only at, like changing like one or two things. And then it's a whole new game. And you have to pay the whole new amount for it. It's like, just I think just most people buy it every other year though. Like every other Madden, you know, yeah. uh, I don't know. I don't play sports games, so I have no clue. Yeah, not the same <laughs> so I've never done anything for me. But no, I can see them charging a subscription fee for those games. Maybe that will happen to like the frog. Well, Microsoft's just trying to do that in general, right? Yes. And, and I would expect actually that Sony will try that as well. And, if, and a lot of people are going to try it. The problem though is then you turn into like, I mean, I already see what, you know, it's like, I'm happy to pay for Netflix and, you know, and then HBO. And then I like Hulu a lot. And I've just decided, eh, I'm done. <laughs> like I'm no, I'm not getting your Disney Plus. I'm not getting your NBC, whatever it's gonna be. No, no. Yep. This is what I play. You know, and I yep. think people need to realize that if everyone everyone can't keep doing this. So you can't not everyone can have a hundred hour games. Not everyone can try to be everything. Like everyone was going to be a, <laughs> a battle royale. Like I remember yes. the, the, the studio that made, I think it was Super Stardust HD or they made a lot of arcade games on PlayStation and uh, they were going to make a battle Royale for the PS five as a story I heard. And then they decided two years ago, they canceled it. They yeah. saw the writing on the wall and they said, and now if, if people want to know what they're working on, it's returnal. And that's that exclusive they showed, which is kind of like a edge of tomorrow game. And it's like, yep. I, I think you charge even just $50 for a tight 12 hour game. Yeah. You're going to do better because no, yes. we can't all just be battle Royales. You're not going to yes. succeed, man. You know, everyone's yep. I, I like, for instance, I pick battlefield. I'm done. That's my online yep. shooter. Yep. I'm speaking of battlefield, man. I, oh, I used to be such a big fan of that. And I've, I'm so scared that they're just going to go too hardcore towards battle Royale <clears throat> with battlefield six. I just want to return. I don't to think they man. will. If they do, I won't get it. I'll just say that. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, the, how much have you played battlefield five though? I didn't like Battlefield 5 or Battlefield 1. I put hundreds of hours into Battlefield 4, Battlefield 3, Bad Company 2, not Battlefield 9042, I land the hell out of, but then I the last two games I I just didn't touch. No, oh, so I've liked all of them. I skipped hardline because I was yeah. like why, why would I just get a why would I get a worse Battlefield 4 guys? But yeah. um I played uh, I think my favorite one is Four, although technically I think I played one the most, but it's because my friends also got it. So that was the one we would hop on and play. Um but Yes, they added Firestorm to Battlefield 5, and I actually enjoyed it, but if the, I'm not a Battle Royale person, so I was like, yeah, it's a fun game mode once in a while, and uh, you can't get a full game in it anymore. So yeah. I'm just letting you know, not successful. Yes. <laughs> so I suspect they're not going to do that. In fact, I've heard that they've doubled up on working on Battlefield 6 as a return to form, but that's yes. what I've heard. So, uh, uh, and I, well, they I need really, to beat Warzone, man. Like, I'm, I'm not a big. I, I love the original Call of Duties, you know, but I, the Call of Duties from of late, I just haven't liked the two arcadey. But Warzone, oh, yeah. very different. Wars, and you look at the people that are playing there. It's tens of millions of millions of people. Like 115 player servers, 200 player servers. Like Battlefield now needs Battlefield. I can't even believe I'm about to say this out loud. <laughs> Battlefield needs to beat Call of Duty with player count. 
Yeah. You know, so we need to have bigger than 200 now. Like if I was EA and I was Dice, I would be like, okay, Activision has 200 people in a server with Call of Duty Warzone. We are Battlefield. You can't just do 256. It's not even enough now though, right? Because Warzone's 150 and then they did the 200 player limited time, you know? So mm-hmm. like now they need 256. Is that enough? Like if I was Battlefield, I am Battlefield. I need to be like 500 now. I don't know if we need planet side numbers, but, but they could, they could do it if they saw, and I've talked with friends heaps about this. And I'm sure you have as well, but like if they split the map into like quadrants of four with like 128 players per server. And then like, played, they had like have you played mag? No, I haven't. No, like you're describing mag. <laughs> well then make it mag, but better. <laughs> that was one of my favorite games too. And, uh, Frankly, that was a game that fell apart because I think they listen to the community too much. I think sometimes you need to know what's best for the community and then make the best game. And they kept tweaking it too much and it alienated people. Cause it's like, oh, now this gun sucks. Now this gun's good. It's kind of happened to Battlefield recently too, actually come to think of yes. it. So if we're just speaking out loud, my dream would be that Battlefield 6 turns into what MAG was. And let me describe, because I think now you'll understand like why I say you described MAG. Say 256 player game with three factions where there were battles where there were eight person squads and the maps would be divided into quadrants with platoons that would attack bases from four different sides. And you'd try to link up in the center to do these like multi-tier objectives. And I'm like, battlefield, you can do this. Just do it. The thing was mag had terrible graphics because they, it was so early and you know, but it worked and they, and half of your points came from following your squad leader's objective and you could vote people. So man, if yes. you didn't, if you didn't listen to the squad leader, you were out, you were out. Yes. And there were yes. like massive clans and stuff. And it was, it worked so well. Honestly, one of the problems was there were three factions and the faction I was on just decimated everyone. Uh, <laughs> even when they nerfed their guns, like to the point that their guns were objectively worse across the board, they were still winning most of the time. And that's when the developers threw up their hands and they said, oh, I don't know. All the good players from SOCOM went to the sever team. It's not our fault. Wow. Okay. No, I know. I've never even, I've, not, I've never got into it. Never played it. But there you yeah. go. That's, see, that, walk up, that, that's what, that's what I want, except like photorealistic modern graphics yes. with the and, tight and gameplay. the best environmental destruction that has ever yes. been shown off. Yeah, there was zero. I, I, I want that. I want that. Like, I, I don't know if you saw the, the the EA Play 2020 event where they showed that that building coming down, and it's like that's that's what we like. Battlefield yeah. needs to step up where we have a proper like multiplayer game. They can have a battle royale mode or whatever the hell they want to call it, and then just have you know like. 200 and something players, 156 players would be nice. And I also like the number 256 for obvious reasons. Um, but it would just be cool. It would be cool. Like to have, have that, to, to have photorealistic graphics. Cause obviously like frostbite already looks amazing, but then it's going to be the next evolution. I'm sure that they've been holding back on frostbite for Battlefield six. I'm sure that they're going to have something huge to reveal. And then environmental destruction. I want the best environmental destruction. That's what well, I want. Yeah. And I think it's something they need to balance, but, do it, you know, because the problem was in Battlefield 3 and Battlefield 4, they basically came to the conclusion, um, well, we don't want to ruin the flow of the map. And so we're not going to have, because there were <laughs> times me and my clan and bad company would for fun just eliminate every building on a map in the first five yeah. minutes. And it would just yeah. turn into everyone just spawning and insta-killing each other. <laughs> like, but yes. So then tone it down. Make it so a grenade launcher doesn't as easily break the entire wall. Maybe make a little hole happen and you can shoot through that hole. But you got to figure it out because, I mean, you can do it, guys. Like, and you're 
And then frankly, they need to, like, if they don't, I'm they not, I, I don't think anyone's going to buy battlefield. Six if, 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 if they, if battlefield six launches and it does not have environmental destruction that makes me go, okay, holy shit, that's really cool. Then I, I most likely won't touch it because if it's just going to be another on kind of like on rails, Call of Duty esque kind of shooter because they want to compete just with Call of Duty, then no, I want the battlefield. To me, the heart of battlefield is those crazy only battlefield moments, the full destruction, like in the environment, like Bad Company too. Man, I loved Bad Company too. The mm-hmm. amount of destruction in that was I expected better and then better, and it kind of like got good bad battlefield three, kind of like muddled with battlefield four, and then just went off the rails. It's like they need to return to that and, and have kick-ass destruction. Like, then they could dial it up. They could have water pipes going through the walls and electricity yeah. and stuff like that. And if you don't <laughs> turn the electricity off to a building and you blow up the, you know, the, the bathroom, then there's going to be water all over the place and then you've got to go disable the electricity. They could go really deep if they truly wanted to. Uh, where I'm going to talking about The CPUs are at least 10 times stronger in the consoles and this SSDs can pull in assets a hundred times faster than before, frankly. So, yeah, I mean, they could do it. You could literally have environmental destruction, and I'm sure the consoles could handle it, where you're, like, shooting through walls and pipes are bursting and spraying water while you're going through a building. And that's what it comes down to, right? Call of Duty's never going to do that. So you don't beat Call of Duty by baking Call of Duty with Battlefield gimmicks. You make the best product, the best Battlefield you can make, and that's when you'll succeed. Uh, Not a... (laughs) Well, I don't want to get into the marketing for Battlefield Five. That was nuts. Oh, yeah, that was <laughs> they bad, even backpedaled bro. it quickly. What was yes. the worst part of it was at launch? Battlefield Five had like it was more hardcore kind of than Battlefield Four. You had like no health, and yes. so like they kind of marketed it like it was a new free to play game, and any noob that joined got destroyed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They did not balance that game, man. But didn't didn't like the didn't the the some of the original Dice guys leave? Dice oh, in like I don't the remember. last two or three years. It wouldn't I think surprise. it was some of the core Battlefield people left. Like I think just after Battlefield One or just before Battlefield One. And then Battlefield Five came out and everyone was like, what the hell? So I'm hoping that they've like obviously well, course printed. I, I, I think a large part of that though is they were kind of turning Dice into their outsourcing group for engine development. Like, right, they used the Frostbite engine for Andromeda, which just frankly didn't work for that game. It kind of destroyed it. And and all of these other things. And like Dice, you look at how many people are on that team. I think it's like 1,500 or something absurd. And it's just like a lot of them left, my understanding, because they were tired of like, oh, now you got to make the multiplayer for Medal of Honor. Well, we don't want to. Like, we want to make the next Battlefield game. And and I don't know how... I think EA's finally figured it out. Anytime you tell DICE to make a game they don't want to make, they're just going to phone it in. They always yes. do. They completely phoned in. Oh, my God. Medal of Honor's multiplayer. Come on. Oh, my God. That franchise used to be so good, and they're just completely... I know. Up. That's the shooter franchise that got me into shooters, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, Moha, man. Moha. Like, Allied Assault was... That was huge. But... I believe EA EA is listening, right? Look at look at uh, right. look at Apex. Look at Apex Legends. They they've got respawn. They had Titanfall. Didn't really work. You know, it wasn't a huge seller. Titanfall two, two wasn't a huge seller. Then they came out with Apex. Good, it's, it's a good game, right? Like, but then Apex came out and it just destroyed. You know, they let respawn do what they wanted to do, and then they released it for free, and it blew the hell up. So if if EA just give that little bit of control to Dice and be like, look, you know, we know you've been wanting to make a Battlefield game, so like. What does that look like in 2021? You know, you're going to have next gen consoles. We're going to have this by then. We're going to have that. Maybe that's why they kind of like held off a little bit because they've changed the energy of, of Dice, changed the energy of the Battlefield franchise because they know they need to, and especially now with Call of Duty in the last couple of months, it's like, holy shit, 
What would you get? 200 players? And you they didn't have to change that. No one expected Warzone to be good. No one no. did. And, and, and it was so good successful. Band. I jumped in because I didn't believe it. I'm like, 200 players, like Apex only has 60 players. You know, really 200 doesn't work. And it's not perfect. Like there are some issues, but it's like 95% perfect. And it and it works. It works. Like the respawn system works. The graphics in Call of Duty. I'm walking around going, this looks great. This, and I'm saying the sentence, Call of Duty looks great. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. You know, the I respawns don't look pretty good, it. actually. It does. They look, they've put a lot of work into that. And I, aren't they still highly modified Quake 3 engine? But I they, think they are finally using a new one. I think they finally? are. Okay. Because it's taking I, them like I think since years. Infinite Warfare, they've been using a new one. I think. Don't, no one, don't, I want to see any comments. Don't, don't correct I'm me. I'm so people. sure that they've got like bits and pieces of the Quake 3 engine still. Probably. But no, well, I'm, I, and I'm just hoping Battlefield change. I want Battlefield to come out and just like, again, just come out and just amaze everyone. Like new gamers and Call of Duty gamers and OG battlefield gamers. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think it, 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 people give EA so much shit. In many ways, I feel like they're kind of like McDonald's. They just get the hate, even though everyone does the bull- bullshit. But like, I think, um, I think there was, I mean, I think there's rumors that Disney was threatening to take the, even if they lost money, take the Star Wars license away from them. And so, cause they basically ran Battlefront into the ground. And let, I, I mean, I think that's absolutely, if I was Disney, I would have taken it away, by the way, because yeah. I can't, how can DICE fuck up Battlefront? <laughs> Battlefront was a Star Wars clone of Battlefield, and you yes. screwed that up? Like, yeah. and, 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 you know, and the microtransactions backfired. Wow. And so I at least hope that I think they've learned their lesson now. I mean, it's kind of like you do everything wrong once. Eventually, you'll know what the right thing to do is. Yes. And I hope that they've had that course correction. I hope that Battlefield 6 comes out and it's just... I just want it to be... It doesn't need to be perfect. It just needs to be great and i think they're moving away from world war ii and having modern weapons and modern setting like battlefield 4 was like pretty good with that mm-hmm. but now i think that they, well, they need to love it and i think they waited though too and i always said this like i don't need another battlefield that's modern until you can really give me something close to photorealism because i was like i'll yes. just go play battlefield 4 again frankly it's yep, kind of a perfect game um of course besides the aggressively mediocre campaign um but uh like yeah i i um uh, and so I, I like that's why I like the World War One and the World War Two because frankly I don't need it again. But I think we're there now. I think we're there with the yes. next gen consoles. Well, and again, you know, if if it's not a knockout like a Battlefield Three moment where they go re- they try to return to like the apex of what they can do well, uh, I think uh, oh, I don't know what's going to happen to the Battlefield series. <laughs> I can see that franchise being show for a little while. If they, but it's it's almost like an an, an all or nothing moment. And Battlefield 6 needs to just work or they just need to shove it and admit, you know, that they, they couldn't do it, you know, maybe leave it for a few years or give it to someone else. I don't know. Let someone else play around with it because obviously Dice have lost their magic with it. You know, they've had a couple of games. The last two Battlefield games just have not been successful. They haven't, like, Well, the first one, well, Battlefield 1 is actually the best-selling Battlefield in history, I believe. Really? Look at, yeah. That's the one that outsold Call of Duty. Wow. So that that one is divisive though because it's so different than three and four. But uh it, it sold well. Yeah, it sold really okay, well. Yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah, looking at that. Okay. But no, I, I just I don't know. I'm I'm just hoping that I'm hoping that dice yeah, I hope that dice return to form. I'd love to see photorealistic graphics or as close to it. And call it Julie, man. War, I don't know if you have you played Warzone? 
I have not, no. Okay, like that is, again, even with 200 players, those graphics look, like there's some of the parts that are very photorealistic, some of those buildings and signs and stuff like that. It's It looks gorgeous. Um, with Battlefield, yeah, it has to, it, Battlefield has to look, oh my God, it has to be a good step up on that. So then you're talking close to photorealistic, and then crazy again the idea that you said of like pipes shooting out water through buildings that uh that made my hair stand up a little bit thinking about that because you know like that close quarters dlc in battlefield 3 and they came pretty close to that too and it's like wait that was that was like a decade ago when that game came out i wonder how good it would look now well how good how good would it look like again with ray tracing and stuff like you saw the you saw what nvidia did with that with battlefield 5 it's like imagine coming into like a i don't know like in my house imagine like you know we're having a firefight in in this house in a in like a residential area and i come through the you know the back door and i'm like shooting up the kitchen and there's just like you know dust and you know bricks and like like tiles and stuff going over there's the graphics card actually shoots out a spark when you hit it (laughs) pretty much yeah and you see like fan blades fall off the pc (laughs) you'll be pushing everything inside of your pc to render something like that Mm -hmm. but they could do they maybe they think they can i offer the physics physics destruction to the cloud or something you know we could see something completely different we don't we don't know it could be something magic well, I'm going to be honest. I'm starting to uh, fall asleep a little bit. It's been a very long day, yes. but I think that was uh, unexpected, but pretty fun. Just uh, Battlefield fanning out at the end of the uh, episode. Yes. Um, it was clear we could probably just talk about Battlefield for about an hour. I'm getting the feeling, <laughs> so we've got to cut it off at a certain point. Yes. Well, uh, let me ask anything else, though. Is there anything else you want to discuss? Any questions you have? I've certainly seen you cover my videos before, so uh, yeah, that's well, I've, I've covered nice. a fair amount of those. I uh, know, no, well, you, you do a good job. Um, with all that, that's why, I was, that's why I was happy to come on the, on the show. Um, I am going to pretty much, it's 1.30 in the afternoon here, so I'm <laughs> going to go up and write up a bunch of all the new leaks again from, from your video. There's a lot of juicy stuff in there. So again, I have to write that. Uh, what we were talking about before, like that, all these leaks is going to be like, you know, I could write one big story. This is the latest you need to read on RDNA too, but it's going to be, you know, three or four news posts of, of Moore's Law's Dead's latest story that trolls will attack him for because one <laughs> detail will be wrong. That's it. You, you, you put a letter wrong, or there's there's no space somewhere, or not, not a capitalization. It, it runs. I, I don't see any capitalized tentacles, so maybe someone will maybe uh, someone will, there was no capital T, man. Have a capital T. I think was that from my source though. That was his fault, not mine. There you go. I'll, I'll well, make sure I'll, I don't know, I'll write that in my article. You idiot! It's called a sixty-nine fifty XT, not a sixty-nine hundred XT. Fake <laughs> information. Yeah. Cringe, oh. cringe, <laughs> cringe, cringe. All right. Well, um, yep. Thanks for coming on. I think this was one of the. Frankly, one of the best episodes. I mean, uh, so anyone listening, you know, go to Tweaktown. I mean, well, yeah, plug yourself. Yeah, yeah. Well, comes Tweaktown, obviously, tweaktown.com. Uh, we're everywhere Facebook, Twitter, and all that kind of stuff. But the website's probably the, the best part. It's not just graphics card, you know, news either. It's just general tech news, you know, the world as we see it as well, not just computer parts. Um, it's cool. I love what I do. Thank you for everything you do as well. All the leaks and stuff, they're important. We need that. I need that as much as I don't know if they're important, but they're certainly fun to talk about. <laughs> That's all it is. It's, 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 you know what? In, 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 in a world where everyone's stuck inside right now, it's kind of cool that we have jobs where we can actually like, or at least a, a passion that we can talk about. Yeah, we, we are the lucky ones. We are. And, and you can, uh, so yeah, you know, go to Tweak Town. Remember to subscribe to Moore's Law's Dead, Broken Silicon. 
whatever else channels I've made. I've got like five or something and uh, share all of our stuff. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. The following podcast was brought to you by the YouTube channel and website, Moore's Law is Dead. Moore's Law is Dead and Broken Silicon are trademarks of their creator, Tom. That guy is me, and I am indeed the creator, editor, writer, and showrunner of Moore's Law is Dead podcast, videos, articles, and other media. However, Moore's Law is Dead is a team with Broken Silicon co-hosted by my brother, Dan, audio editing by Gerard Cortez, and select technical editing by Carbon Cry. You can find all of our information, including how to get a hold of us, at www.moreslawsdead.com. And if you are a fan and would like to send mail or other hardware, please mail parcels to Moore's Laws Dead, P.O. Box 10468, Peoria, Illinois, 61612. And speaking of fans, without exaggeration, the patrons are solely responsible for the continued distribution of the content you just listened to. And so if you have some extra money, but only if you do, please consider supporting us. For just $2 a month, you get access to the exclusive podcast, Die Shrink, voting on subjects of future podcast episodes, the ability to have your questions read aloud on Broken Silicon, Die Shrink, and Loose Ends, and of course, the Moore's Law is Dead Discord, full of like-minded people who would love to meet you. I am one of them. The Discord is only at $1, and at higher tiers, you get access to ad-free episodes of Broken Silicon, the back catalog of Flyover States podcast, thanks in the credits of videos and podcasts and other perks as well. And if you cannot afford to support us, please just share Moore's Law's Dead videos and podcasts with friends and family on social media and Reddit. And give Broken Silicon and Flyover States a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. All of this really does help so much more than I think anyone realizes. If you'd like to advertise on the podcast or a person of interest who would like to be a guest, please reach out to the email address mlhbdead at gmail.com. But as I said, this podcast would not be possible without its fans supporting it. And so now it is time to give a personal thanks to the greatest of the fans. The following supporters are at the 10 gigahertz or higher producer levels. Boatman, Carbon Cry, Dean, Benny Berlin, Justin Yant, Thomas Rupp, I Love You, Lynn and Jim, Box, Joshua Albin, Muhammad Akawari, Frederick Lau, James Crasset, Justin Parrish, Zachary Martin, Terrence Herod, Brad Medlin, Phil S., Thyrister, The Ninth Dude, Greg Renegar, TSPCFS, Chrysantine, Night Rogue 77, The Mechanical Philosopher, Lebo King Kilo, Fatboy Diesel, Daniel Hyde, Matthew McMullen, Christoph Novak, Jack O'Neill, Matt Salem, Aaron Close, Sexy, B.I. Pass, Sadler Sadler, Richter Cohagon, Elethros, Telos, Hey There's a Kitty, Greg T. Wanchek, Jacob Barber, Exoti, Hector Santana, Matthew Lane, Paul Jones, Jan Rauner, Rubber Ducks, Trita Full, Allie Robertson, Eric Jackson, Jonathan, Job, Evan Dingle, Dominic Duark, Dominic Cock, Original Ross, Wayne, Sam MacArthur, Total Silo, Sol Connor, Michael Costa, Andrew S., Blake, Aaron Keith, Carrie Baldino, Endless Logan, Sam San Filippo, Justin Brennan, Ivan K., Ter- Trevor Powers, Garrick Scholl, Alenia, Joshua Saveness, Daniel Nishbal, Franco Frederick, Hardware Numbers, Alex Carastillo, Dark Rain 2049, Leighton Perry, Neil X01, Carlos Valdez, and Carnivore Bear. And of course, thank you to Sahara for the music. 